Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Rob here. Just wanted to let you know that uh, this podcast opens with some football talk. And Patrick has been making a few bets, so if you don't want to hear some gambling conversation, you might want to skip forward to... Approximately 4 minutes and 34 seconds into the podcast. That's 4.34. You probably heard Kato there. Insert tell you. Yeah. Kato. I, yep. The time in the timestamp in the description. I'll also re-record this. There'll be another... There'll be a future Kato here. Don't worry about it. But but the point is, Patrick has gone full uncut gems. He's placing parlays. He's taking lightning points. Uh, he's he's in deep to Arlo uh, or Arno. Um, so so God knows what's what's going to become of him. But if you don't want if you don't want to be exposed to that, if you're sensitive to it, uh, I, I fully get it. And uh, you should you should skip the skip the opening to the pod. What's good, Internet? It's January 25th, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 456. I'm your host, Rob Zachney, and I'm joined by Patrick Klopik. 12 seconds left. But it blew up all of my bets. I hadn't, gambled, I hadn't gambled at all. Okay. No, I'm saying I'm glad we're getting into it. Like, oh. so, like we have to talk. <laughs> I thought like, you had a different part of your intro. No. <laughs> oh no, no, no! I'm, I'm glad we're diving right in. Like, <laughs> I so um uh one of the things I, I usually like to do at the beginning of every football season is I will like I have an account on what is it Bavada, like one of the places that lets you place remote bets at. Uh, like a Vegas casino from states that have not passed legal sports betting. I now Illinois has that. There are like far more convenient ways for me to do it, but be like once COVID started, it just seems so weird and silly to to bet on these football games because like every day you'd wake up and like there'd be wild swings and the players that were out. So I just didn't even mess with it for the last two years. And then when the the NFL passed their most recent COVID. Uh, updated guidelines. What if we just stop testing for it? Yes. Well, I think they. I think, uh, it was. Uh, we are. We are no longer going to require mandatory daily testing for unvaccinated players. We are only going to test people if they voluntarily come forward with symptoms, which is just the league saying we're done. Like we are not going to have a situation where you wake up on Saturday and Mahomes is not playing. On Sunday, if if he wants to test positive for COVID at home and bring it to his team, go you know, God willing. Um, so I uh, I, I looked at my Bovada account and uh, I had like some winnings from like two hundred bucks, like from some Super Bowl bets that that paid off, including my favorite one every year, which is to put fifty bucks on the coin flip. It's incredible odds. 
because it can only go one way or the other. But I always ask my daughter to pick it, and uh, she got it wrong one year, but then she got it right uh, last year. And so we're 50-50, just like the coin toss. Anyway, so I like these games this weekend seemed really exciting, and I only really wanted to bet on the Sunday games um, because I, I feel like putting money on a Packers game is just like a way to ensure it will go against me. Um, and uh, so my theory of the case for Sunday was that I, I, I felt very confident the Rams were going to beat the Bucs uh, and that I wanted to believe that the Bills were going to get over this mountain. And so I put a $40 bet on a, a Rams over Bucks. I put a $40 bet on uh, Bills over Chiefs. And then I did a, a parlay that both of those were going to break the same way with another 40 bucks. And for, 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 for there was a 12 seconds left on the clock where Rob... You know what? I was going to make the money that like that PC you told me to get. I got it, buddy. I got that extra 400, 500 bucks that was that I was sweating. Uh, and then and then Mahomes did uh, Mahomes things combined with the Bills defense, like absolutely collapsing. Um, and, and well, in a is it a, is it a collapse if they never stood up the entire game um, like that? Was I mean, that's the- kind of the things that's sort of like the like the, the game uh, when they call sort of like the like the really opening of like the modern offensive revolution, which was that Rams chiefs game. Yes. That, like each team scored like 50 points or something ridiculous. They basically Jared Goff, a guy who is now like more or less considered like a laughing stock of a, of, of a quarterback. Um, although he's probably better than, than his image um, yeah. actually nets him. Um, uh, the, the Lions could do worse. He was he was the weak part of a yeah, championship like yes. contending team. High high, high fl- like yeah like high floor low ceiling. Yeah. Um and and a lot of teams could do could do worse than that. Um but uh and and that was a game in which the defense was more or less irrelevant. Or the theory goes that where football is going is that defenses are no are no longer about stopping the offenses. It's just can you just come up with something at one point. To like flip the field, like just if you can get an interception and just interrupts the offense, that's where all this is going. And the idea being that, you know, offenses are just going to outstrip defenses. That, that That's not been proven true. There's like this cover well, two, already, shell, cover two shell concepts that essentially like like there's this whole psych theory that is going on in, in like defenses now, which is that folks like Mahomes, Allen, Rogers, like the really good quarterbacks. They what's the phrase? Big game hunting, where they they want the big play, they want the splashy one, they want to show what their arm can do, they want to show what their 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 brain can do, and they are unwilling to spend four quarters just taking four or five yard passes that the defense says just take them, you can have them. We're 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 just going to give you those yards, and if it's sort of like if you were to go to a gambling table uh, mm-hmm. and like just take low stake wins over and over, you could make a lot of money. But that's not why people gamble. <laughs> they don't they want the big play. And like that's been the the reaction by defenses to the to the offensive revolution is like, fine, you can have the cheap stuff, but aren't you gonna get bored and want to do something else? So Well, and I, I heard that argument uh applied to Mahomes specifically. I think I was listening yes. to um I think it might have been Mina Kimes pod earlier this year where she was talking to uh one of the one of the analysts over over at ESPN. And they were talking about like when Mahomes' stats were like less impressive earlier in the season, more mistakes were piling up. And one of the arguments offered there was like Mahomes seemed kind of bored early in the season, where just like 
the game comes very easily to him and he was starting to make the mistakes that like people were saying, oh, is he being figured out? And the argument was, no, he, he's still putting like when he wants to like pour it on, he, he still is often doing that. But there's like an element of like sloppiness cropping into his game as he does make some of those like just low percentage plays just because like, fuck it, that's way more fun than picking change up <laughs> off the street. Uh, and then yesterday you saw like there he's up against uh, the Buffalo Bills resurgence before even it was clear that Josh Allen was going to be a uh, like elite level quarterback, the Bills built their team around a really good defense. Like that is sort of the, that's sort of foundational to what they were doing before Allen uh, really emerged as a reliable, uh, like a high performing QB. We saw like the Bills defense did unholy things to the Patriots, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just just last week. Didn't matter against Mahomes. Mahomes picked them apart, and it wasn't just. I was trying to like. I can't read schemes for shit, um, but I will say this: it seems very tough to do anything when like your pass rush is getting through, and Mahomes is literally, literally, just one step faster than all your pass rushers moving. Like, it, like the sheer number of times he was flushed. And nobody could get a like hand around his ankle and he would just like dart out to the side. And once and once a play goes on for like, you know, eight seconds, 10 seconds past the snap. You're not playing defense. anymore. No, there's no more coverage scheme no. out there. It's just people running around like it's, you know, it's a, you know, a schoolyard uh, football game, pickup game. And that's and and Josh Allen was was in that mode, probably even more so uh, at, at times. And so, yeah, like I had. I think it was a it was a weekend full of like interesting football. I've I cracked up at the Packers meltdown. Ah, uh, um, I mean, true. I mean, they were they were up ten to three with I think a minute, like a couple of minutes to go. Uh, and then they have that special teams debacle um, combined with but, Jimmy Garoppolo playing, finally having the one good drive, one half decent drive he needed, and then you know the Bears playing fourth dimensional ta- chess in beating the Packers by cutting one of their best players years ago in an irrational move. A longtime kicker who has one off season is then cut and then just goes on to mortally wound the the Packers. And <laughs> if, if, if presumably like drive rot, like the way they lost, I think there's a world where uh, Rodgers, a complete scumbag, piece of shit, ultra, ultra talented uh, a, a quarterback. But um I think if they won the Super Bowl and they felt it felt I sort of like resigned myself like, dude, you just need to be ready. Like it kind of seems like it's their year and he's on this fuck you tour. And I think he's just I think there's a world where he can pull it off. Um, And so I kind of resigned myself to that. And I figured Same. if he stu- if he stu- if he stuck with it, if they won the Super Bowl, like was he really going to leave and go to Denver? Like pro- probably not. He probably finds a way to make it work and then ends up retiring, you know, in in three to four years. Uh, but then the way they went out, which was like the most like he looked terrible. Like he had just gotten yeah. done like showing his feet on camera to reporters when he had like the toe thing, being a com- showing his complete ass with all the COVID stuff. And the only way that works, the only way you can like show up to Soldier Field, and yes. Remarks like the 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 like the, the Bears have been so bad against Rodgers for so many years that like like we don't have like too many legs to stand on like like mocking him. But when you start doing things like saying like I own you, uh, you have to back that up with essentially winning the Super Bowl or at least 
playing your mind out and you can you can point the blame clearly at someone else. But then that like pathetic showing he had against a really points. good 49ers defense. A, a really good 49ers defense. Like that that team is playing but like, to, out of but their But to the point, like both the Bills and, and KC came in with credible defenses mm-hmm. and good quarterbacks and good receivers found ways to like bust those up. The Packers looked like shit. And you can say, ah, you know, it was, it was tough conditions at Lambeau. It was bad, though. Like, it was it was not a good show. Also, showing. you can't say that when that's the whole. That's the brand. Like, people have done the math on. There's this thing. Uh, people. Uh, w- w- teams like the Bears. Teams in the, in the, in the Midwest, specifically, they'll say, like, oh, it's like, it's bear weather. It's like, well, you, what you want is, like, these teams from California or Texas to, like, come out and uh, come play in like, you know, freezing temperatures because we know how to do that because we're out here and we're the Chicago Bears. And then people have done the math. Like there's no <laughs> market marked advantage for, for bear weather. Right. But there is like Lambeau is one of the few stadiums that like has like a, a tangible uh, 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 like home field advantage from the crowd and the weather. Like who knows how you can separate all those variables. But you just don't – you just don't – like the, the stat they showed before the football game, like what teams – the the how teams have functioned coming into Lambeau in freezing temperatures in the playoffs is bad. You just don't want yeah. to do it. You're going to lose. Um and uh anyway, that's all to say you can't make that like one of the marks of your team, like this is our advantage, and they completely fucking crumble uh when well, when you're put in the same situation. And it just got worse because once like the, the game was over and people were starting to go through the tape, they, that offense shouldn't have been shut down. Like the the like the pa- like the Packers had opportunities. Rodgers wasn't capitalizing on them, right? He was passing up uh, like easier throws. Well, because he, he doesn't trust the scheme, he trusts himself, which right? has like always been because he's an enormously yeah. arrogant prick. Yeah. Like this was remember that thing? I think we talked about this on Waypoints ages ago when the um there's that big report about like just the toxic environment between him and McCarthy and how much yeah. they hated each other. But one of the arguments was. Rogers operates as this like uh football computer, right? And he, like he's smarter than the scheme. He's smarter than the coaches. And when push comes to shove, like he will trust his judgment and you will learn to trust his judgment too because often like he's right. But the trouble is like when it gets out of control and he just discards the entire scheme and discards the entire game plan because he's like I'm smarter than that. I will figure out how to win this game. And, o- uh, and often he he's right. That's the that's like that's what people like him fall into the trap of. It's like you you do it just often enough you can convince yourself that yes, like I am superhuman and I am always right. Um but he's also 36 getting old, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there are all these factors working. Well, yeah, but it's never him. but it's never worked out that well in the playoffs. Like that's the thing. Right. I think like part and parcel of his playoff collapse is like those ridiculous regular season stats he puts up and those immaculate games he puts together. Where does it go in the playoffs? And I saw some people making the argument that like, well, part of where it goes is that in those pressure situations, he is less inclined to stick with any kind of game plan and is more inclined to start being like, I'm just going to find, I'm going to find the receivers and routes I want. And I don't care what the play is. Um, And so that leads to situations where like, you know, he's passing he's passing up on a on an open man underneath for first down because he's like, no, I, I can. I'm Aaron Rodgers. I can throw into double coverage 30 <laughs> yards downfield. Well, when he did that for Adams, he had he had uh, uh, was it Lazard like was open or like one, one yeah. of them was one of one of his receivers was if he just looked 
Um, and granted, that's easy to say, but for someone like him, actually, it, it is easy to say. It is, right? yeah. Like, like for a lot of younger quarterbacks, who like their ability to read the field is limited. You know, part of the advantage, you know, part of the arc of a quarterback is as your physical, like the rest of your body starts to um, deteriorate or be less less uh, elite as it was when you were younger. You, in theory, make up for that in your brain so that you can analyze the field and essentially do it what what Tom Brady has done, which you know is just like I'm just gonna you know. He can still throw the deep ball, but that was never his trait. It was right. just being able to slice you. He is he is on uh, uh, he's selfish in many other ways, but unselfish in how he like will just take what is being given to him. Like you, he has especially as he's gotten older. He's like I will take the six yards over and over again. Like if you remember, like when he was on the Patriots, like that was Julian Edelman's specialty mm-hmm. was just he would just throw to him over the middle over. And over again. I remember it was one of the Super Bowls where they did it like four or five times in a row. It was like just the same play. Just and, you know, just other quarterbacks would be go looking for something else. But, you know, he would just take what's in front of you. And like it might take a little longer, but all of a sudden you're knocking on the door of the touchdown. And um, yeah. Yeah. And 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 Rodgers just refused to like try to settle into that kind of rhythm. uh, It's so great. Like it was just so personally satisfying to watch because the. This is true of society in general, um, but is often is especially true in in football, where bad people are rarely matched with like bad circumstances or anything that feels remotely like justice, right? Like you have a you know a Ben Roethlisberger who you know like credibly accused of sexual assault, and the way the announcers are talking about him as he's doing his like uh, end of career, uh, uh, I'm I can't play football anymore, and or this is a bad team. Uh, uh, sort of uh, end end thing. Uh, they're talking about how he's a family man. You know, he just wants to spend yeah. more time with his family, and like, and like that's just how this works. You know, uh, I think Tyree Kill, correct mm-hmm. me wrong. He was the Chiefs player that like there was involved in a thing where like his he broke his son's arm. Um, at one point. Uh, oh no, that's the guy who went to the Browns, wasn't it? There are, I think there were two chiefs. Sort of doesn't matter. Sort of doesn't matter, right? Like all I'm illustrating is that people do bad things. And if they're excellent football players, they will find their way back into the league. And are there is no moral punishment um, for anything beyond uh, sort of like virtue signaling um, in the NFL. If you are talented enough um, to to uh, to keep demonstrating that talent. Um, and so to watch Rodgers just be. I just such openly a prick and, and and talking about how he was like, I really enjoyed how I can get a rise out of people. Like he was, he wasn't just being a jerk. It was like a jerk that knew they were being a jerk, enjoyed being the jerk. Um, and that also just happened to be like having once again, an incredible season where like one of the controversies was like, they, so the people who vote for MVP, even though there's all this discussion of like, who's the MVP of the, of the league? It really comes down to this like handful of uh, handpicked reporters that I think um, are picked by the Associated Press. And like one of them, who's based in Chicago, um, had, you know, I think had the very reasonable sort of uh, musing on a, on a podcast or something that was like, I think he's a jerk and I really don't want to give him the MVP because he was a giant asshole this season, which I think is like pretty, like I'm pretty, it's an arbitrary award. Like fuck off, like do what you want with it. And it caused this huge thing. And then Rogers got to have this moral high ground. It's just, I was so happy to see him miserable because he also can't hide when he's miserable. He is one of like, sometimes these quarterbacks when they're frustrated, uh, 
they're just kind of stone face. Um, and Rogers is just, I and mean, there's a reason like one of those famous gifts of him is like him looking at, I think it was like an interception in the red zone and like him looking at an iPad and like, to- like tossing it after the fact, like, Oh, he just, he just, you can't see hide during the game, disgust. like when his uh, coach was trying to like go over like schemes with him, Rogers was not listening. Ah, this um, ugly ass hair, like lack of haircut uh, too. Just like, just everything about it. Oh, yeah, no, that was that was that was good vibes all the way through. Just like watching this guy who like has made the bet that I'm just so talented, you have to put up with whatever I do. Yes. Uh, yes. And to see like, oh, but that talent expires uh, at Christmas, effectively, <laughs> like like it stops mattering uh, at Christmas. And so like to an extent, like it's got to be driving him crazy is that he came in with so much promise. You know, 2010 looms so large. Uh and he can't put it together. He can't. He can't bag the championships. Well, and, and there's also the, specifically with him. There is this. Uh, so he um, is from the Bay Area. Yep. Um, and very famously right. wanted to be drafted by the 49ers um, the year that he. I think he went to Cal. Um, uh, the year that he came out into the draft, and when the Packers, when the 49ers passed on him. Um, despite him like openly lobbying, like I would, I would like to be like, this would be perfect for me. I want to be the hometown kid and go play for the 49ers, like essentially, you know, sort of succeed, uh, Montana. And, uh, there's a, a famous clip from the draft where he's asked, like, I can't remember what the question was, but like, do you have anything, you know, a message, you know, for the 49ers for not picking? He's like, well, like something along the lines of like, I'm going to spend my career making you regret not picking me. And then. This game, he is 0 for 4 against yep. specifically the 49ers in the postseason. Three of those came uh, in the Jim Harbaugh era, who, like, he just seemed to, like, with Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick, uh, uh, just seemed to have, like, they would go into Lambeau Field and, and beat them in the playoffs. Like, for whatever reason, Harbaugh just, like, had had his number. Um, but for, like, that's just, like, an extra delicious little wrinkle that if he, if he either retires you know, go somewhere else, whatever, whatever the fuck he does with the rest of his, his career. The fact, if his final note in green Bay is to go own four against the team that he, you know, 20 years ago said, I'm going to haunt you. That is just mm, like, you just, you can't beaten. You can't invent it. Beaten by a quarterback who appears to be a bears fan. Uh, and a bears <laughs> yeah. kicker. Yeah. Uh, the, the, yeah. The 49ers quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, who like my family has some connections to like my, brother's friends with Jimmy's uh, 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 older brother. And so, uh, yeah, like you have a guy. Yeah. Like Jimmy Garoppolo. Right after, he's caught on camera telling Robbie Gold, hey, fuck the Packers. Fuck the Packers. After they, yeah, after they won that's the game. a Chicago kid. Like, yeah. I know he's from the suburbs, but like that's 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 the Chicago flavor of like, yeah, he may be for the 49ers. He might have been on the Patriots. But at the end of the day, uh, fuck the Packers. Uh, and that that was just I, fe- I felt so good for Robbie, too. Like he. He deserved, oh, yeah. I I was never mad at him for, you know, he even said he wanted to come back to the Bears when they were having their kicker troubles and, you know, things they just didn't work out that way. But that that was uh, uh, brought my my heart so much joy. And they were night. they were all close games. Like it was uh, every single heartbreaker every single game was was decided by a, f- uh, yeah. a final uh, uh, like a, 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 a lead change in like, yeah. the fin- you know, it, and until last blow. night, it all been decided by a field goal. Yes, um, yes, and yes. arguably you'd say the last field goal did sort of seal it up too. Yes. Uh, but 
the yeah the Titans Bengals game uh, ended up being like unexpectedly terrific. Um, like great last minute uh, swings there, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be riding the high of that Chiefs and Bills game forever. Like it's gonna like I uh, it, it's it's one of those things where I, I think football sometimes has this problem of inevitably the season eventually you don't know where exactly it's gonna hit, but you're gonna hit anticlimax in the postseason because like you will probably see a truly great everything on the line matchup before the Super Bowl. And yes. it will be hard for a game to top that no matter what the stakes are. And last night that was that was probably it. Like it was the most incredible high wire act um I've seen in ages. Where like the the thing that sticks with me is after the Chiefs went ahead uh inside of two minutes, it was like one minute left. And you saw Josh Allen just looking around his team, like making the okay gesture. Like, I got this. Don't even like, don't worry about it. I uh, was just calming everyone down, came out, drove them straight down. It was nuts. Um, I think the one thing I'm curious, I'm curious to see how this evolution goes though. It does sort of seem like defenses got so fast and started emphasizing uh, like, really quick linebackers in particular mm-hmm. that they can't physically stop big dudes anymore. Like Josh Allen was bullying the shit. He injured of, a player. Yeah. Like th- towards the end of that game, I was uh, Denzel Ward. I think it was the, the player on, on the, che- but he, the last name was Ward. I think it's for yeah. Denzel. I might, be, I might be wrong on that, but anyway, like he pummeled forward on a run and just like shoulder checked like that's the offensive players. Like their offensive players are meant to be generally, other than the offensive line, like skinny. Like I mean, not skinny, but like relative to defensive players, like skin, skinnier dudes who are meant to go fast. And like well, you and are Josh not. Allen's, so, he's got that Cam Newton thing of you don't realize yeah. how big he is because his proportions are perfectly average. It's just like the character creator, like just sized up that person to like 115, 120% of normal values, like doesn't look like a big dude. And then you see him running behind an offensive lineman and he's bigger than the offensive lineman. And you're like, oh shit, like how do you stop that guy? And the answer is you just throw piles of bodies in front of him. And yeah, like dudes start getting hurt. Um, but I, but I do kind of wonder, I think we saw enough games this season where like defenses could get shredded by that sort of physical attack that I do kind of wonder if we're about to see maybe a move toward, you know, it's probably good if we have just like one or two more guys in like behind the line who are like not the build of a corner or a safety and we're a little bit more of a uh, stockier, like, uh, you know, hard hitting linebacker because like. The the degree to which defense like defenses now are getting ravaged by like good running attacks or just like extremely large QBs uh, is like I, I feel like you're about to see the meta shift again because mm-hmm. so many offensive attacks seem designed around the idea of like once you clear the front four, there ain't nobody who's going to be able to win a one on one tackle against you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's yeah, I think I think part of this stuff is cool that I, I'm glad that. I'm glad that defenses are finding ways to be creative. And like the idea that it's, it's not as much as a, it's not, I mean, it's scheme, but like the idea that you're playing with the psychology of ultra talented athletes and essentially betting on their ego is just a really fascinating way to think about yeah. 
like the meta of a sport um, and like asking players who think they can do it all. Like, what if you just took a little bit less? You can still have it all, but like you got to do it in smaller chunks is is a really fascinating way to think about how you how you stop. Because like, the, the game's only trending in that direction of these like ultra athletic mobile do it all quarterbacks where at a certain point there's like there are, there are times where like Josh Allen specifically, because you know, Mahomes can run, but he doesn't run like Allen does. Like there's only so much you can do if they're hyper accurate, really strong <laughs> Fat, like again, like all, like you said, like all the all the stats are, are it's like they they got a cheat engine out and just like put too many of them in. Usually, players are supposed to be balanced in some way, you know, we, strengths and weaknesses. And and Allen's used to be that he would his brain would fritz, like he would just throw a a ball that like what what were you even looking at? And he just doesn't do shit like that anymore. And so, well, and apparently, um, like he's like one of the few quarterbacks who significantly improved accuracy after being drafted. Which yeah, accuracy accuracy is supposed to be flat. Like accuracy yeah. doesn't even change that much from like your high school days. Like you can change your mechanics, you can change you know how you like move your hips. There are, there are things that you can change about your game, like your release. Um, but accuracy is you know by a large extent from everything I've read is like kind of you're born with it. You know, it's just sort of like uh, either you can do, you know, kind of do all once you, once you hit a certain point, that just is what your accuracy is within a certain range of, um, of numbers. And, and he's like the rare quarterback that like improved once he got to the NFL. If it's going to improve, it should have happened yeah. a long time ago. And so that's what makes him such a weird unicorn of a, of a player outside of, all the other ways that he's talented. Yeah, he I feel like such a he looks like such a doofus too. Like oh, I have, I can't take him seriously whatsoever. That blank then little he, then face. I know, but then every every game or you know especially these past two games where um you know I was delighted in watching him beat the shit out of the the Patriots and it's just like every time I see him like I can't take you seriously, dude. Except that every time you play, I have to, and so you don't. There's just something about him that doesn't look. I don't I don't know what but like what I'm looking for, but uh. I don't know. It's just something about him that I, I can't. He's got kind of a weird baby face. He did, I guess it's it does, a baby it's face. It's tough to square with the fact that, like, he's out there as this, like, apex predator. Yes. Um, yes. And it's it, it is it is kind of a it is kind of a weird thing. But, yeah, it's it's something it's something else to watch. Um, I do feel so bad for for my friends from Buffalo. Um, like, yes, you wandered the wilderness of football for 25 years following like a near dynasty that like couldn't quite close the deal out against yep. uh, the giants and then got ambushed by the creation of a Cowboys dynasty. And by the way, kind of a, a weird blip in Cowboys history like that, that, that has not been repeated uh, in part because it pissed Jerry Jones off so much uh, that, that he wasn't getting all the credit for that dynasty that, by God, uh, ever since he won the world to know that it was his team, uh, that hasn't worked out quite as well. But, you know, so Buffalo gets denied in the 90s and then has just been in the sewers of the NFL for ages. And they've got an incredible team. And they've arrived on the scene like one year after Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes set up this like buzzsaw of a team. Um, and that's like, that's brutal, man. It, it, like you, 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 sh- you have all the pieces there and now you have this like final boss in your conference that you just can't beat. 
Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, yes, I agree. And it, it, they, it seems they built their team specifically to try and like slay this dragon, and they, they kind of did. Like, they proved, they proved they could. Right? There's nothing about that game that suggests they couldn't have won that game. Um, it's just you know they did. You know, Allen didn't get, get a good chance like in overtime to even. They proved they can hold their own in the track meet. But I got to believe on some level, you were like, there's got to be a way we can make it harder for Mahomes. And they just, right. when the chips were down, they just couldn't. Like, there was never, like, I was worried about that 13 seconds, right? Like, I, I, oh, yeah. was, I was sitting well, there, I was like, t- well, again, how many times have we watched, you know, Aaron Rodgers do that to our, our own team? It's like, you can't give him yeah. any time because they will, they will find a way. And it's like, that's, you know, the the notion of the Bills, like, having to always go up against Mahomes. But, the, but at least that... That happens a little bit later in the game, like of the, the game of the of, of like the, the length of the season. Like whereas for us, it's like we've watched our team cycle through garbage after garbage and start over because we can't, we can't even escape the first level. Right. It's like, well, Rogers is just here. If you're if you have to always measure your team against one of the greatest that has ever played, that makes for frustrating team building because you never even get the satisfaction of like escaping to like. Because well, we get once right to have twenty eighteen. We get one down year from the Packers. We escape to get annihilated in the round one of the playoffs on a on a fluky uh, a kick, and like now we hope that he leaves. And like that's that's the way to salvation. It's not a good team or good process, but it's just maybe he could go away so we could so everyone else could suck and we can suck too. But maybe all four of us can suck together in the division. Well, it's a, it's a beautiful dream for the future of the NFC mm-hmm. North. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm still out there thinking. Uh, keep your eye on those lions next season. Uh, sure. They got they got a taste of blood in their mouths. Uh, they're just going to be going bananas uh, next next season. Um, so we should probably talk about some video games, uh, sure, why or, not? or video games news at least. Uh, I guess you know we've been talking so much about Wisconsin. We might as well revisit the the Activision situation uh, and the sort of exciting news coming out of Wisconsin uh, that 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 came out this last week. Yeah, I got to admit uh, this this definitely took me by surprise, and I f- feel like it was almost like a uh, the universe pushing back on at the conclusion of our discussion, uh, both as an article on the website um, between you and I, and then in the podcast that we recorded last week. In response to Microsoft purchasing Activision Blizzard, we posited that for reasons that would be entirely understandable, um, that that inevitable purchase, which takes place over you know the next year and whatever, uh, might release some of the tension uh, about the culture uh, within that company, and that they might look to Microsoft as being, if not better stewards of the culture, then at least different ones, and that would would maybe. Um, tamper down some of the calls for unionization would tamper down some of the organizing that's occurred. And, you know, we'll see how all that shakes out, you know, writ large um, going forward, but it was certainly really encouraging and perhaps purposely timed um, uh, in that uh, the QA testers, and this is specific, it's not all of this studio, the QA testers at Raven software who used to be a studio that made their own games, famously Hexen, Heretic, you know, spinoffs of of uh, like the the Doom Clone Wars of the '90s when everyone was making shooters. Um, they one of their last notable, uh, you know, they also made the the X Men um, 
Ah, what were those top-down action games? The, the X-Men ones that people really... Ultimate Alliance? No, maybe? Anyway, people know what I'm talking about. Those games, uh, they did an open-world Wolfenstein game. They were their own, their own original studio. And then, you know, when they got folded into... At, you know, I think they've... They had a publishing deal with Activision. They got bought by Activision. They essentially turned into a Call of Duty satellite studio. And what they've been in years past was building levels for like the multiplayer side of Call of Duty games. And then with the uh, with Warzone taking off, they've become sort of a support studio for uh, Warzone specifically, the Battle Royale spinoff of Call of Duty, and doing a lot of QA for that uh, as well. And uh, back in uh, December... Um, you know, Activision, after having a bunch of people like move to Wisconsin, they like, you know, they just kind of unilaterally canceled the contracts of a bunch of folks um, out of nowhere, brought some people on full time. But like the general feeling was that it was done pretty unfairly, uh, arbitrarily. And for a company that was just bragging about how much money Warzone had made, seemed kind of shitty that they were just like leaving these people. And just real quickly, like, sure, we should stress that a lot of game development happens in like, regions that are like game development hubs so if you've moved to wisconsin (laughs) there are not that many like studios in the midwest for you to work at like if you get if you have to change jobs in the pacific northwest or like somewhere in california there's a lot of places that you can like sort of laterally move to if you have moved to a place like raven and that job falls apart that is that has potential to be even more like life disrupting yeah, you can, um, Chicago has a like uh, a scene that is becoming more and more robust. But Ravens in Madison, and Chicago is several hours away from Madison. You know, it's not. It's not. You know. You know that it's would be life ruining commute range. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> my parents used to live in Wisconsin when they had me, and then my dad did that commute from Wisconsin every day, five days a week. And then he said, we're not doing that anymore. We're moving to Illinois. So, you know, like it's, it's just not, it, even, even if it's not suggesting, uh, even you could find another job uh, in the Chicago scene, it is, is not um, uh, an easy way to get there. And so uh, that, you know, led to a, uh, a strike that has gone on for the better part of five or six weeks um, by a number of folks out at Raven. Um, and there was a strike fund for that had raised last I checked almost $400,000 um, to try and cover the the expenses of the people who are going on that strike. Um, and sort of where we're at in this story now is that uh, on Friday, it was announced that the QA testers uh, are uh, partnering with the Communication Workers of America to form the Game Workers Alliance Union. Um, and the QA testers are asking to become a voluntarily recognized union. What that means is, and this can be kind of confusing, is that you can organize to become a union, which itself has a number of stages in which it could be we agree to try and form a union. We're handing out union cards. It's a bit of a complicated process, but you can get to the point where you have formed a union, but the union then needs to be recognized by the companies so that you could begin negotiating um, a contract um, and start figuring out um, what your relationship with your employer is vis-a-vis the union. And so they are in this early stage of organizing a union, but there are many steps um, that would come um, after this. Uh uh, Activision has released a statement. I didn't have it when I published this, but they passed it on afterwards. And this is what this is their response to it was Activision Blizzard is carefully reviewing the request for voluntary recognition from the CWA, which seeks to organize around three dozen of the company's nearly 10,000 employees. While we believe that a direct relation to the company and its team members delivers the strongest workforce opportunities, we deeply respect the rights of all employees under the law to make their own decisions about whether or not to join a union. 
Cross Activision Blizzard remained focused on listening closely to our employees and providing the improved pay, benefits, and professional opportunities needed to attract and retain the world's best talent. Over the past couple of years, this has included raising minimum compensation for Raven QA employees by 41%, extending paid time off, expanding access to medical benefits for employees and significant others, and transitioning more than 60% of temporary Raven QA staff into full-time employees. Of course, that more than 60% of temporary that that transition is part of the reason they're strike. There's that 40% that's lacking is part of the reason they're striking. Um, so, you know, at least in public, not the most aggressive response, but as we have seen time and time again in all you know, a for, uh, stretch across society when uh, organizing occurs, they always make the flowery public mm-hmm. statement, and then the you know the uh, the anti union and like union busting tactics. Well, that's going to happen much more quietly, uh, most likely. I'm also curious. Again, this this is just because you know Wisconsin is on my mind. Sorry, this is a complete tangent. I apologize. It is Please. such a wild story, though, that like this brings it to mind. Um, I don't know if you've been following this. It's been going around Twitter a little bit. Uh, so it looks like a state court in Wisconsin uh, granted an injunction to stop a bunch of. This is the uh, hospital, help. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah, I read that this morning. Yeah, so this is from the Alton Post Crescent. Uh, you know, the, where I went to school, where a bunch of uh, people were leaving. I think the Theta Care facility in Nina, Wisconsin. Uh, shout outs to Nina Foundry, and we're moving to the hospital I used to go to, um, Saint E's, uh, Saint Elizabeth's, uh, which is now run by the Ascension Group. Because this is this is the world we live in, right? Where all hospitals mm-hmm. now form into chains and uh, use their market power. But like a bunch of people were leaving the Theta Care facility um, for like better gigs over at Ascension and Theta Care. Like when it seems specifically uh, when I'd read the article, because part was buried kind of the bottom was that uh, like one person like applied for a job over there and was like, hey, like pays better the benefits are better there's a bunch of other openings and then a bunch of other people are like okay uh and then they all sort of applied it right was, so Th- it, yeah and theta care has been screaming poaching but it doesn't sound like poaching happened no it sounds um, like a bunch of people realized a good opportunity and it just happened to all occur at the same time right and and so uh i think it was theta care basically asking for injunctive relief because it would be so disruptive uh and dangerous for patients for all these critical staff to like leave en masse to go to this other facility. And like, I think last I heard a judge had granted that. Uh, and so these folks, I don't think these folks are being made to work at their old place, but they're not being allowed to start work at their, Correct. At they're their like in place. limbo while like part of the legal process plays out this week. Right. And so like, there is like, this is only in my mind because like we are starting to see uh real gilded age ass court rulings. Uh, coming out of places where, uh, especially where like the GOP tends to have a hammerlock on uh, on the courts, and so I I don't know that that would come into play here uh, in terms of like protecting the rights of workers. Like there's there are a lot of national regulations uh, around like union organizing and the the uh, like rights that the NLRB uh, guarantees, but. Wisconsin is hostile territory for a pro-labor movement. Um, You know, not to say that there's any really like 
friendly territory uh, for that in the U.S. But like Wisconsin is a is is challenging terrain. Uh, it would seem right now because they they're they're on the cusp of bringing back indentured servitude. Yeah. Um, but it does. But it does seem like this is. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is the milestone, though, that companies really will move heaven and earth to avoid having workers even achieve. Well, look, look because, at the yes, because it opens the door. Yeah, it like it prove it, it. You know, it it suggests can, different ways are possible. And once they've done this, now Activision's hands are much more tied. Like you. <laughs> You fire you fire employees who are even thinking about unionizing before they can make, take any steps to do that, which is why big companies are so notorious for paying for lots of surveillance firms and anti union uh, like experts to sort of kind of kill these movements in the crib. Uh, because then look what they have to do. Like just look at what Starbucks like did to try and stop a, like. <laughs> ultimately just a couple of dozen employees from trying to unionize out in New York. Look at what, what Amazon, uh, you know, uh, was, you know, again, like you said, moving heaven and earth to try and like, uh, poison the well of the voting for that, um, that factory unionization. I forget which state that was in, but, um, uh, Alabama. Yes. Think so. Um, and, and so like th- 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 you try and do this all behind the scenes, you know, before it has to go public. And, but I expect, I mean, can't imagine it wouldn't follow the same i the the one thing i'll say though i I, i'm just this is me just spitballing like is it possible that they would find themselves in a let a more compromised position activision i mean in terms of cracking down on this given the fact that this is also going to coincide with a combing of the finances of this deal as like microsoft is trying to make this acquisition right like would, would they is it more likely that maybe they kind of allow this to happen if the QA testers want it to happen because going in a big, getting in a big public fight with your workers while you're trying to sell the government on uh, the, this, this sale. I don't know. I, I have no idea like where that fits in the calculus, but it is, it makes it a, a unique scenario that is different than these other more recent uh, union um, movements have, have dealt with. Well, it feels like, it feels like a very tough position to be in because if you look at like, so the way these things start, like I think we were really interested in like, wow, Starbucks, like a few locations of Starbucks unionized. Now union movements are going like wildfires through different Starbucks locations. Uh, And so like Starbucks is now confronting the fact that what you could have said at the outset was like, well, what's it really matter if a couple stores do this? Like once the precedent and roadmap is down there, it becomes much, much easier to do. Uh, and so like, and it's, it's, it's not as much of a hard sell to folks who maybe are on the fence, right? Like right. if you have to be the person out of the gate, like taking the fire from corporate and like, oh, they're going to write about us in newspaper. You know what I mean? Like you can see how you, you, you scare people off. But once it just becomes like a converse, like a much more casual conversation that it's going to be like, not quite flicking a switch, but like moving in that direction. Um, you can see how a lot more people get on board faster. And it's also, it's also fun to flick the middle finger at people. Yeah. So, I mean, but if you're, but if you're in Activision shoes, like it feels like anything you do at this point is probably wrong. Uh, right. Because probably Microsoft isn't stoked. Doesn't to, want like, a union. Inherit a union <laughs> shop. Uh, but at the same time, like you're trying to close a deal. You don't want to yeah. generate yet more bad headlines and possibly, 
run afoul of like union protections uh, that exist around the formation of union. And now like there's a whole legal morass that Microsoft would, would stand to inherit. The other thing that like, I was just kind of, I was, I was wondering about this. Uh, I, I, I guessed it on the tech won't save us uh, podcast this week. And one of the things that occurred to me while I was talking to Paris over there was we just had that whole union negotiation here where a lot hinged on successorship, right? Where like if this company changes hands, what happens to the union contract we have with uh, with with Vice? And there was a lot of like hand wringing around that, a lot of anxiety around that. And so that's another dynamic here where like the union recognition is one thing, but like the collective bargaining agreement that would, that would be hashed out between the two. Uh, what happened what if this all unfolds before the stroke of like deal midnight? Uh, and now it's under new ownership. I'm sure like if you guess that stage, the people like leading these union efforts will be savvy enough to negotiate that. Um, but it's, it's another complicating factor where like, Activision wants things to be stable and extremely normal and boring, I think, from here. Mm -hmm. And that may not remain an option, uh, given that now on the heels of these scandals, you have a uh, union drive that might be gaining some traction. So, uh, yeah, it's it seems really fascinatingly timed uh, and it'll be it'll be cool to see how this unfolds from here yeah i'm 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 very curious to see what happens next it's you know these processes are not fast um you know it is not going to be the case that they have a vote on being a union like you know that that is going to take time like this formation could could take just as long as like this sale um which which is what makes the timing so fascinating um but i'm you know i'm as, as someone you know we're you know People who have been in unions ourselves, been in part of union negotiations. I've the last this and the place I worked before when I worked at uh, uh, Kotaku slash Gawker. Um, you know, I've now spent the better part of a decade in a union and like my life is better for it. And so um, I'm I'm rooting for these folks as well because I think they're your, your job is better when you can, you know, negotiate collectively. And so I'm, I'm hoping they get the chance to do that as well. Uh, one last thing I wanted to hit before we take a break here uh, is that one of the <laughs> let's let's check in on the console wars, I guess, well, okay, uh, all as, right. we're, as we're talking about this, this acquisition, um, you know, some of the, the hand wringing was about, wow, what a what a blow. Like if, if you if you looked at this through the lens of like 2010 rhetoric around games, right, this would be like checkmate sony microsoft just cornered the market on uh activision blizzard so it seems like microsoft again because everyone's trying to be extremely normal and boring during all this uh patrick you notice that microsoft appears to be trying to calm those waters a little bit but not completely ruling out uh like actions down the road yeah, well, when when Microsoft bought or made the proposal to buy Zenimax, um, you know, who owns Bethesda and Tango GameWorks and a, a number of other studios, uh, you know, they had similar kind of hemming and hawing language over like, well, what's you know what's going to happen in the future to these 
games? Is everything just going to go immediately exclusive to Xbox and, you know, games like Starfield that were announced for every platform? Like, what's going to happen? And they hemmed and hawed. And then ultimately they did, which was like no great shock. If you're going to spend $7 billion buying a thing, you're going to leverage the asset to your advantage the best you can. They, you know, eventually announced that games like Starfield and that upcoming vampire, you know, uh, multiplayer game, like all that stuff's going to be, you know, that's, you know, uh, that, that's all going to be, you know, exclusive to to Xbox going forward. But they were going to honor existing agreements, right? Like, so Deathloop, still not available on Xbox. I presume that'll happen sometime later this year, whenever that deal um, uh, is up. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, which is a game that comes out soonish. It's been delayed a couple times. So it'll, I think the leaked date was like late March. That is also going to be a PS5 exclusive, but that will also, I'm sure, come to Xbox at one point. And so, yeah, there was this quote from uh, uh, Phil Spencer on Twitter, because this is how we communicate now. Um, Had good calls this week with leaders at Sony. I confirmed our intent to honor all existing agreements upon acquisition of Activision Blizzard and our desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Sony is an important part of our industry and we value our relationship, which, uh, you know, easy to read that as like, oh, okay, well, I guess maybe some of the early conjecture um of like oh maybe the single player call of duty stuff will like go straight to xbox and uh, maybe warzone says multi-platform and they'll treat call of duty a little bit more like they treat minecraft which is like platform agnostic and just let it keep making money um and you could read that into this here but i I don't know i just read this as there are deals that have expiration dates Mm. we're not gonna tear those deals up because you know what you know, you know what might get people to be a little upset over a, should a deal close or not? Yep. If they start indicating that we're going to immediately oh, yeah. that leverage monopoly the power, power of this deal. we're using it, baby. <laughs> right. Um, you know, and 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 you know, you know, it's like between that and like Microsoft's also going to want to be able to point to to regulators, like, hey, you know, our Game Pass stuff operates in a web browser. Um, hey, if Sony wanted to, they could just put this Game Pass app onto their platform yep. and they, they could yes. access all these like those are all like you see the arguments like I, you could see you know i understand why sony would not want to put that on there but i also can see how that argument would satisfy a regulator who you know could be yeah i guess if they wanted to play xbox games they could they would just put this app on here that's up to sony sony's choosing to not like have xbox games on their platform when microsoft would let them you know you can dissect yeah. that in different ways but i can see i can see the argument and how you how you land there but they're like they're going to make a bunch of this shit exclusive and the what they're going to hinge it on is game pass and cloud streaming and they're going to say if you want that executable like that native game like you're not going to get that um and they're going to do that eventually and they're going to put the screws to all of activision stuff the same way that they did it with bethesda and then they're just going to point to cloud streaming as their get out of jail free card or yeah, get, get, is, out of reg- get out of regulation free card i do think there's an element of I am not I am not sure how much like at this point and as we move into the future Microsoft views Sony as its like real target as much either where like it's it's get like or at least the the console war aspect of it because as you just pointed yeah. out this is about like the ecosystem and streaming down the road right and and that's like it would not be it would not surprise me if Microsoft were very content with a settlement where 
Sony has to become platform agnostic with regard to some Microsoft stuff. And like, sure, we'll let you put you can have a you can have a window, an Xbox app on your PlayStation that lets you access this shit or a we'll let you put a wrapper around um, oh God, xCloud or something right. uh, for streaming. But like because that because that does increasingly seem to be uh, sort of the, the brass ring they're going for is like owning what they seem that what they see is the future, which is subscription and streaming. And, um, and can you make what by virtue of purchases um, like can they make the content so appealing um, that someone like Sony would feel the heat to have to open up their box towards that other stuff in some ways, you know, uh, devaluing their own. Like very like, you know, Sony's whole proposition is like we are going to spend tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars building immaculate cinematic single player experiences that have to be all home runs in order for the whole system to work. Um, And also, by the way, you like them. You don't even need a PlayStation anymore. Please buy them. Uh, Peace, peace of gamers. We love you, too. Yeah. Um, But at least there they're like, you know, they're they're. There, it's it's a it's a delayed sort of rollout, right? Yeah. You're gonna get that game two or three years later. Like by all accounts, the God of War PC port is excellent, and people seem thrilled by it. Uh, and so that you know that works in in their favor, but it's all part of like a very ca- carefully constructed, calculated uh, way of doing business. Um, that you know is why you know people were real mad that you know Sony didn't like make a sequel to Days Gone, but like that game was a, like a seven. Um, and like Sony <laughs> doesn't do sevens. I know people felt it was more than that, but like, that's not how Sony felt internally about that game. Um, and like, that's just how they're, that's their business models. Like we're going to make very expensive, splashy plays and th- you're going to come here for that. And Microsoft's just, they're just pointing in a different direction, um, entirely. Um, and so, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, it, it certainly is. Uh, so we will take a break there. And when we come back, I think you and Cotter are going to talk about some games and Echoes of the Eye. Uh, I have a poodle with an upset stomach. Uh, she just got her shots. And so Ooh, I think, oh, yeah. At once, she craves being outside and going to the bathroom. On the other hand, she doesn't want to be outside and she doesn't want to go to the bathroom because <laughs> she feels weird. Uh, so I am going to probably spend the next hour uh, losing feeling in my hands Waiting for this dog to do something. How cold is it's very cold today? We're in the midst of a not quite a cold snap, but I think like the next 48 hours, it's sort of like negative. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's not that cold, but the wind, you know, it's just like it's it's in the 20s. And then you step outside and it's like immediately like gust of wind comes along and your your hand just starts to like burn. It feels like the skin could just crack up, crack apart. So that's (laughs) that's the uh, that's that's the weather we're having um, is like just uh regrettable uh, in terms of <laughs> we have a regrettable cold front uh all right wow, so you should be a be a meteorologist rob we have a regrettable cold front coming in this weekend plan uh, accordingly all right we'll be back after the break uh with uh some games and some echoes of the eye conversation so stick around Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And we're back. Kyle, let's just think about Elden Ring for like 10 minutes. Just, sure. Just vibrate. Just, on. It's it's a month a month away. It's only I a enjoy, month away. <laughs> it used to be the case that uh, it was very common for uh, companies to send out a press release saying their game had gone gold, which uh-huh. gone gold is a, at this point, pretty old term which means that you have created the gold master which means the game has been quote unquote finished and is off to manufacturing so the physical discs are being produced um that means jack shit in a world where (laughs) development continues after those discs are pressed and right and more and more frequently these days uh like the, the games are the version of the game on the disc if it does run you wouldn't want to play it and we're now getting games where the version on the disc may not run until you get like the patch that is, you know, associated uh, with it. And so, uh, right. yeah, day props to Elden Ring for realizing they could just goad some websites into running an Elden Ring story. Um, and also can't blame the, the websites for like an excuse to hit publish on an Elden Ring story because it's like the most one like. The number one pre-order, like the game, the anticipation for the game is like through the roof. And so p- the people have Elden right. Ring fever, but I just, just people in a <laughs> communications, people in a meeting were like, I bet we can get some free headlines by saying that game's done. We have no way, Kato, of knowing when that actually happened. That could have happened a month ago <sighs> for all we know. Like, <laughs> I, I, it used to be that like, I remember uh, back in like the doom days, um, there was these early versions of blogs that John Carmack um, and others would do called plan files. Um, And it's because, Hmm. I wish Brad Shoemaker was here. Um, But like, it was just like a form of blogging. I think it was related to some sort of file structure. I can't remember, but like you would go to the plan files to see like updates on like a game development. Like what does John Carmack think about X, Y, Z? And like the developers would like write that like their game had, gone gold like gotten finished like and that made sense because like they were like logging in to tell you like they finished coding the game like Miyazaki is not doing that for Elden Ring we're done it's goofy but I want Elden Ring I don't (sighs) but I but I don't because I have other games it does technically mean that they could give it to us early Right. That's true. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah, I just feel like I'm waiting for an email. Yeah, you're just just waiting for it. I was like, oh that's (laughs) you know, that's thirty hours of my life about to go poof um all right uh and so i'm actually trying to like finish games in anticipation of right. like a lot of these big games coming one of them that i i finished uh, a week or so back was uh halo infinite uh a game that i i quite uh like i was pretty uh pretty glowing and when i wrote about it in a, a preview form uh back in last november when i got around to kind of starting it over again over the holiday i i quite liked the the first half uh, of the game um nice. and uh unfortunately what I found in, in the back half is, is a game that I didn't like nearly as much um, for for two reasons. One, 
it's kind of just the same thing over and over again. It's like, hey, kind of this biggish space. Do you want to go fight that guy? It's like, okay. <laughs> Would you like to do that again? Less so. Sorry, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna keep doing that. It's it's just it, it feels like a game that had like one really good idea, and then there's just a lot of that. Um, right. And I just didn't find the open space to be particularly compelling at a certain point. It felt repetitive. The combat um, kind of lost its luster. Um, one of the issues I ran into was, uh, uh, you know, you have this this hook shot, uh, which is really cool for navigating the space and is very cool in combat. Um, and then you start getting other forms of gear, one of which is kind of like a dash um, that if upgraded properly, um, gives you like a brief bit of camouflage. Um, there is a another one that is a portable shield that if fully upgraded, um, you can shoot shoot through the shield. And when it's upgraded, you can shoot through the shield and create like electric bullets that travel between multiple enemies. So you can kind of like set yourself up in a spot as like enemies are coming on you and like use that uh, to to your advantage. Um, and then... The one, the last one, the what I basically didn't use outside of like a combat encounter that the game requires, kind of requires you to use it, um, is like this little doodad that will like show like an outline of the enemies, like in its sphere of detection. Um, so it's like useful if you're fighting like a camouflaged elite, you know, with a, a right. fancy plasma sword, so you can kind of know where they are. Um, and there's some boss fights that kind of require you to use that so you can track where they are, and that stuff's neat, but. Uh, getting to those different pieces of gear are like a huge pain in the ass. Like you have to like hit a button on the D-pad to bring up gear select and then switch it to the one you want to use because like the gear button is just one button on the like the right bumper or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I found is it was like very cumbersome to switch between them. And I, I don't know how you would do it on the controller, but like I wanted to exist in a world where I'm not – using the hook shot and then doing three button presses to switch to the dash, but that like I'm using the hook shot and then just pressing another button that like allows me to use the dash. Well, like, I don't know if that would be like a right. double click or a hold or something, but like I wanted a world where like I'm using the quick shot and then I'm dashing and sends me into camouflage and then I'm in camouflage and I'm throwing down the shield. And like, I saw how all this gear fits together and there would be moments where like I was able to string that stuff together and it made the combat really dynamic and interesting and fulfilling. Um, but I, I also, I found it like so cumbersome to huh. rem- like to even just remember like where they, it's like up, down, left, right. So like in yeah, the middle of like a really tense, f- yeah. Like once you, <laughs> like in, in the middle of like a really like intense firefight, I would forget and be like, Oh, well I just switched over to the, the wrong fucking gear item. And then I would just abandon like whatever, like huh. cool strategy I was trying to do. And then just do right. the one that got the, that got the job done. Um, that's interesting because in the multiplayer for Halo, it the gears all like it has ammo basically. Like it has a certain amount of uses before it mm-hmm. disappears, and then you have to go find another piece of gear. And it feels like that was done for balance reasons, probably, right? Like just giving everyone all the gear might uh make things a little too chaotic or like right. fuck with the flow of a match. But if they're going to give you all the gear in the single player, it feels like they sh- it would have been good to have a way to do to do a quick stop or to have them on different buttons the way you're talking about. Because, yeah, that does sound really, like, cool as hell. Or even if, like, sometimes there's, like, there was, like, um, you can sometimes pick up multiple pieces of gear in multiplayer. 
and I, you can swap between them. But like again, it's it's a similar thing. Like you you have to. It's not ever a thing where you're using them in tandem, even though it feels like some of them would be really fun to use in right. tandem. Right, and that, that yeah, and that so that was that was what I was constantly finding myself. It was like oh these these feel like they were they've been implemented as discrete sort of like oh I'm in shield mode. I'm in right. Uh, uh, hookshot mode. Um, and increasingly, as I got more comfortable with everything, I was like, oh, actually, like, there's like so many cool combinations of things I could do with all these. But, uh, and again, I, I'm sure if you played the game enough and you don't have short term memory issues like I, I do, <laughs> that, that you could, you know, it's not like the game's preventing you. Like, again, cause like there'd right. be times where like, I would, I would, you know, I would come in, I would throw down, I would start with the shield and then I would swap over to the dash or I would, I would use the hook shot. Um, then I would, and then I would switch to the dash and I'd go camo and like, I could find myself doing that. But like at some point during that sequence, I'd forget which one I was meaning to switch to would switch to the wrong one. And was like, oh, well, I don't feel cool anymore. I guess I'll just <laughs> take out the gun. And, oh, and, no. and, and, and it's just like, that is such a differentiating part of like how, you know, like the gear stuff and the hook shot and the bigger spaces, like that's a huge part of what Infinite's trying to be different about. And I just, again, I don't, maybe this is sort of like me, someone who only plays single player, does not play multiplayer, like it just a me concern that like balancing that across the entire game, like and changing the controllers, like mm-hmm. the, the control layout, maybe it wouldn't work. I don't know. I just know that I constantly felt myself like rubbing up against that in a way that was like, ah, like if I could, crack this game's like open a little bit i feel like i could be playing this fundamentally different where i could just be i would just have more options when in in combat this game just has so much combat in the second half and a lot of it's really good but it just kind of became it especially comes a slog when like the the story decides to kick in Mm. like there's not a whole lot of story in the first half and then there's a lot of story in the second half in which the I mean, almost none of it worked for me. The, Halo Infinite does this really weird thing of, in some ways, pretending Halo 4 and 5 don't exist. Uh, huh. It doesn't actually do, like, a story reset. Like, it is very firmly set. This is a Halo 6. Like, it, it is set right. after 4 and 5. The, the events are, are in motion are consequences of every game that's come before it. Uh, but it really doesn't bog you down in worrying about what happened before doing any sort of formal setup for like <laughs> why you're here, why you should care about any of this stuff. Like just like none of that right. happens. And it feels like the team dealing with a very real issue, which is like, what do you do with 20 plus years of mythology in which some measure of the audience is been along for the entire ride and cares deeply. But this game specifically feels like it comes so far after even four and five um, and people, you know, the audience is so different, especially like a game pass situation that you would want to try and approach it in a way that like anybody could get into this and not feel like they're being left behind, not having cared about the story. But I feel like they could have squared, they could have solved that problem differently by just like doing some more explanation of like why I should care about like any <laughs> of these characters, why they're here, what are their motivations? And, and I, you know, I can't really get into hyper specifics about this without spoiling the end of the game but i've heard people have played this game before like you know halo 5 uh you know cortana the ai that's been uh, spoilers for halo 5 i guess if you're if you're like playing through the, those that series now like, because of infinite but like <laughs> but you know like the ai the blue ai cortana that like has been master chief's partner um 
uh, along the whole ride like goes uh oh what is the term called um it's not berserk but it's it's there's like a term hmm? no I, th- I thought haywire for a second but it's no. not haywire, something else Quart- uh, uh, now I'm gonna have to search ramp- it. Ramp- rampant, 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 rampant. rampant. Yes. I think it's rampant. Is and uh, <laughs> I forget exactly what all that means. But ah, she turns. She's evil. <laughs> Cortana's mm-hmm. bad now, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there, there is a a lot of the second half of this game. So much of the emotions it's playing with are contingent on you caring deeply about the, the resolution to that relationship. And as someone that has played. All of these games, um, like, has at various points, man, I cared deeply about the Halo story and mythology, but, like, cared enough. Like, it's, it was a reason sure. to keep playing. Um, I, I needed, like, I needed them to do more buildup before they wanted to, like, try and pay that stuff off. I was like, guys, like, those games were a long time ago. Like, I don't really remember what we're I'm supposed <laughs> to be sad about. Um, and the game just sort of at a certain point, uh, well, for one, None of this must make sense to anybody that hasn't played these previous. I was like, you're not, right. I, you are doing zero setup for a bunch of people who maybe this was their first time through. And then I think uh, at the same time, uh, even as someone that has a lot of that institutional knowledge, I would have liked a little more setup so I could emotionally sort of like be in the place like, oh, right, like that and that and that. And they do a little bit of that, but I, I don't know. I think it all falls flat. I don't think it really works. I don't think it feels connected. Um, and it just makes for a very messy narrative where um, it's very, you know, when you read a little bit of the behind the scenes of how the game was kind of like chopped up in order to get like actually ship after they delayed it. Um you know, a year and a half ago. Um, mm. I don't know how much of what what is here is victim of getting the game to ship. And so it's just like, these are the pieces we have. Right. Um, how, how can we make that work? And that's how you end up here. Or this was like a higher level. This is the kind of, this, this is how we want to tell the story of Master Chief and Cortana and, you know, where we're taking this story. Um, and this is actually going to be our philosophical approach from a storytelling perspective. If that's true, it's like, more disappointing because I just don't think that any of that works. Um, um, or just, it didn't land. It, it's kind of like when you, um, when you watch like a movie and you're like, I am, att- they're trying to emotionally manipulate me. Like the camera movements, what the actors are doing, the music. I see what you're doing. Uh, and we'll see if it works. <laughs> and like a similar thing is ha- like occurs here where it's like, Oh, I, I can see all the pieces. Like I see right. what you're trying to do here. None of it, none of it is having any of the intended uh, effect. Um, so yeah. that that part was a little disappointing. I, I think all told, I, I I quite liked Halo Infinite, um, and I I think it does. As I said in a previous conversation, I think it, it just set them up nicely to do some really interesting things going forward. Um, and I'll be curious uh, to see what those are. Plus, if somehow, you know, I think Forge is supposed to come out sometime this year. If like. Four-player legendary uh, co-op Halo Infinite plus like Forge fuckery. Like, there's a lot of cool stuff they can they can do uh, here. <laughs> um, but uh, like, where this game ends up is a little a little bit of a bummer. It's like interesting, but um, I, I was not as high on it as I was hoping hoping to be by the by the end. Damn. Yeah, that multiplayer was fun for the like bit that I played of it. So. But yeah, people seem to really like it, which that's that's good. I'm glad. Yeah, you know, it's got like bad monetization schemes, but 
the playing feels good. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's like the that's like the weird part of video games these days that is as someone that, you know, their heyday playing multiplayer was prior to things like battle passes and like right. any form of like getting you to stick around like you know it's hard to not like get a little grumpy and be like who gives a shit if the battle pass sucks like i played hundreds of hours of halo multiplayer earned nothing and i was happy it was fine like you know what's good <laughs> competition and being and dominating the the, the you know what i mean like it's just one of those things like yeah, like it. Things have just changed. Like this, like like the, right. the way people play games and like well, how these games are maintained. Uh, but like, there's like it, again, I think is, they should do it right. I think they should do it right. Like they not saying right. they should. Like they clearly implemented it poorly. At least they reacted quickly. People seem to be much happier that now with it than they were, you know, when the when the game launched right. as it's gone kind of through an, an early access period. Albeit well, one like, that I think season two doesn't start till May. That's a long. That's a long one. It's a long time. Uh. Part of it, though, is that I was just, like, the baseline, like, how things are gated has changed, right? Like, I felt right. like it was easier to not, or, like, you know, it made more sense to not have a battle pass, obviously, be, when, before the concept existed, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. reductive, mm-hmm. a weird way of saying that sentence. But the point being, like, you could get all the, like, armor colors or what, like, you could customize just because it was fun to customize and, like, that is now what's in it. So if that's going to be locked away, people still want access to those things. The way you dole it out has to be right. Yeah, people are for sure. Mad, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that, and that also is just one of those things where, um, I, I'm glad. It, well, I guess the team at Microsoft should be glad that they like the base level Halo infinite multiplayer is as well liked as it is because right. all the stuff surrounding it seemed like a complete disaster. Again, it's good that they responded quickly, but it, it's like it's not like they were blazing new trails with how they like how no. to do battle pass and like lots of games have figured this out or like have things you can look towards that Halo could have just copied and pasted and everyone would have been just fine and so for the game to have been in such rough shape in terms of the progression on top of it um again this is in, in no way is like a lazy dev sort of thing it was just sort of shocking at like the state it was in at the time that it arrived, given that uh, there are plenty of examples of other games. Like you could have just taken that stuff kind of like whole cloth right. and people would have been much happier. And it seems like they're in a better state there. And my guess is like when they get around to, you know, season two will probably be like the proper season one and like people will be much, much happier. And at least the base game is good enough that it'll probably, it'll probably get people to, to may uh, before yeah. you know it. But um, yeah. So um. Yeah, I'm curious. And hey, look, they put on a big expansion for Halo Infinite. I'll be, I'll be there day one. I, I liked enough of what they were doing. Put me in like a snowy. I needed like more biomes. Like it was all just mm. sunny, green mountains. I was like, I need give me some snow. Um, There's snow be, in that first one, isn't there? I feel like I've yeah, seen yeah. Mm-hmm. different biomes and from that first game. Yeah. Well, I I've think never... in the Bloomberg <laughs> uh, report, Justin uh, Schreier's reporting on like what the game was before. Uh, was it Joseph Staten? Staten. Uh, came in um like the game had like three other big areas with different biomes like so like that stuff exists in yeah. some form yeah. and my guess is that'll be stuff they repurpose for expansions and uh uh and things like that um the one uh, before we we're gonna uh we are towards the end here maybe we'll do the outro and then we'll 
we'll just do a spoilery thing. Is it, I guess for you, Kyle, does it make sense to do the spoiler section and then an outro or should we do the outro and then just do the spoiler section after that? Uh, I don't know. I think like, <laughs> uh, before is fine. Okay. Cause, right. cause well, I put the timestamps in there. So that's true. Can skip that's ahead. true. That's true. And it's at the very end. So it's basically like we're doing the outro. Um, yeah. before we, we're going to talk about echoes of the eye. Uh, uh, Kato has, has uh, started and finished that. And so we're going to do, um, a whole big thing on, on that. But the last thing I wanted to, uh, point out was I had seen this pointed out in, uh, Simon Carlos, who is an ex, uh, uh, Gama Sutra. Well, I guess they're. I think they're game de- game developer now. The much be- much better name than Gama Sutra. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, he puts out an excellent uh, newsletter about game sales, uh, game uh, sort of like uh, uh, marketing analysis. It's just really fascinating to understand like why games take off, especially on places like Steam and YouTube and Twitch. Um, you know, there's this game called Vampire Survivors that basically had no sales in like in December when it launched and then is now I think has like is like one of the most popular games on Steam um, Ooh, and so. uh, it seems because it's like Northern Lion like did a YouTube which is like how a lot of these things start like a YouTuber right. um, YouTube creator I hate the term YouTuber a YouTube creator uh, <laughs> you uh, like made tubers? a video yeah uh, fan I, of potatoes no no <laughs> um, uh, did a video and Northern Lion specifically is like known for playing roguelikes like Binding of Isaac and, and and things like that. And so like when 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 Ryan comes down uh, uh and says like hey this is a, a good one to pay attention to those games tend to spike and uh Simon's conclu- uh, initial takeaway was that maybe that's what happened with this game. Um mm-hmm. so anyway, Vampire Survivors is a a game that fucking loves Castlevania so much. Just like <laughs> I love ah. Castlevania. Um it is a a roguelike mashed up with elements of uh, what would you, what do you call them? Uh, clickers, right? Or what was the, that kind of genre called? Like the cookie clicker and stuff like that. The idle um, idle games. Idle games. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 Uh, I think there's a lot of different names. But yes. Idle. We'll use idle games for um, for the purpose of this conversation. So you pick from a couple different characters that have like different starting characteristics. Top down two D game. Um, let's just go with the, the base level character that you get at the start, um, before you can unlock anything else. Looks very much like a Simon Belmont. He has a whip, except that mm. you do not attack with that whip. The whip just attacks automatically in f- to your right, um, on a, on a, on a cooldown. Like it is just occurring. All you can do is move the character. You can huh. just move them in the space. And so, um, you will uh, very quickly have enemies coming in uh, around you um, and you are like lining up those attacks. So it'll take out uh, the enemies as they surround you. Um, they drop little blue crystals. As you pick up the blue crystals, that fills an experience meter. When that experience meter levels up, then you will get a, a roll of the dice on different things you can do with your character. You can uh Maybe you'll be able to upgrade the whip so it does more, uh, you know, increases its DPS. Maybe it'll be the kind of thing where uh, it does more base damage. Um, Or uh, more likely, you're going to probably start stacking different weapons that are doing different things, such Mm -hmm. as, and again, these are all ripoffs of weapons and items from Castlevania. Um, Like one of them is the... uh, like the like blue potion that you can throw that can create a pool of damage on the ground. Um, So if you pick that one, just... At regular intervals, like 
blue potions are going to fall from the sky and create little <laughs> like patches of damage. Um, uh, you could have uh, like uh, a wizard staff that is like shooting like homing darts. You're not picking where those darts are going, but it's going to go somewhere. Um, you can have like the Bible that like circles around you and acts as kind of like a shield in Castlevania. Like you can have that surrounding you uh, here. And so it like is this game with like really, really basic mechanics. Like you are just moving your ultimate goal is to guide a character through a space, dodging the equivalent of like bullet hell enemies um, and racking oh up. God. Uh, yeah. Are you looking at screenshots I now? Just, I was just looking at <laughs> yes, a video. Yes. There are so many enemies and bullets and, and bullets. fires yes. on the screen. Like what? It, the game is pure noise and, and chaos. Um, it, you are just overwhelmed almost immediately from the jump. Um, uh, and it, it is so basic in its design but so it's it's a beautiful game. Like I I like I've played like two full runs. I've survived uh once 18 minutes and I think one 15 minutes, which is pretty decent for like your first couple runs. And then, you know, it has a lot of things you'd expect from a game like this where you get currency that you take over to uh the next set of runs where you can upgrade some base level stats, like what health you start with, like increase your luck uh, element. Like the, one of the ways that luck plays into uh the game is when you level up, uh, you get three options of things to pick from. And if you increase your luck stat, you get a chance to have four things to choose from. So maybe you'll get the one that you really want because you're trying to like scale a build mm-hmm. in a certain direction. Um, and uh, you get other characters that start with different uh, weapons. Like maybe you prefer a certain type of build that you want to scale to really quickly. Uh, and it's just extremely basic. The game looks like noise uh, in screenshots and video yeah. form, but I highly recommend people check it out. It's three bucks. It's in early access. Um, it's already delightful. And I can only imagine <laughs> it's like so easy to see where they're going to build out things from here. Like, you know, it already has like a couple of stages that you can like have different uh, enemy types that you deal with. Um, you know, I feel like this is the kind of game that I'm going to play like two or three more hours of and go, OK, like I'll see you in six months um, and right. see where it's at. Uh, then, but see you um, when you go 1.0 or whatever. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, maybe I'm like, I don't think this is a game that's ever gonna have a story mode. So, I, you Sorry. know, nor does it have, you know, it's just a game. Of, you know, it's got real like kind of geometry wars vibes. Like, you know, right. you're just just trying to survive as long as possible. Um, and I, I have found, I have found that part to be uh really enjoyable so so far. So, yeah. uh, that's Vampire Survivors. It's on Steam at the moment. Um, it, it looks like, it looks like. At least in the most busy of these screens, it looks like you're a boss from a bullet hell game. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> like shooting out a million projectiles in all directions. I mean, like, uh, you know, like one of the ways I was scaling the most recent build I did was the game. So there are like kind of boss level enemies or like mini boss mm-hmm. level enemies that appear on the screen. They'll either be like bigger than an average enemy or like col- like uh, have like a, a colored outline around them. And they take a lot longer to kill, um, but you're uh, you want to kill them as soon as possible because they drop treasure. When they drop treasure, they drop a bunch of upgrades that you would normally get through um, leveling up. And so, uh, for some reason, the drops I kept getting were for not these knives that shot forward out from me, and they're very useful because they, like for example, a lot of the way the game is tricky is that. All right, so your whip is only going to the right. And so, um, 
you know, it's not, I don't think it's directionally focused. So it's like, if you're going up, it's still hitting to the right. And so that kind of makes it a little, like how you're lining up your character is a little awkward and different. Um, These knives shoot forward in the direction you are, you are pointing the analog stick or the, or what you're doing with the keyboard. And so you can kind of like cut through enemy lines by just like, do, 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 do. And so I was increase, I kept increasing the, the knives stat which allowed it to like go through multiple enemies. And I was also, <laughs> you, I was getting, it was called like open Bible or something like that. But basically it, it decreased my cooldowns. So I was like firing the knives more frequently. And then I was also, I forget what the upgrade was, but it basically like increases the size of the weapon. And so like, I had these knives that were like bigger than my character, basically <laughs> like shooting forward and like just taking out dozens of enemies in front of me while simultaneously like one of the common weapons in Castlevania is the axe that you kind of like throw in in an arc. And that mm. occurs here. And so they're just like, your character is just like throwing, my character is like throwing 70 knives in a direction I'm running in. And then like four axes are just like spitting out above my head and just flying <laughs> wherever, like just complete nonsense. But you're like trying to set your character build up so they can like account for doing damage and creating experience drops in as many directions as, as possible. Right. And it's just a, just a, just a weird game. That's another um, thing to mention. The enemies are coming from literally every section or like they're covering everywhere. the entire screen. Everywhere. It's almost like a, like a Muso where you're a projectile, like, uh, yeah, like, bo- like, yeah, shoot them up boss. Just, I think, yeah, I, th- I think wild. that is definitely, yeah. It has, yeah. It has strong 2d dynasty warriors vibes, um, <laughs> for, for sure. Um, so I, yeah, I definitely recommend people, people check that out. Um, and then, yeah, before we get out of here, uh, let's talk about Echoes of the Eye, a game, an expansion to Outer Wilds, um, Outer Wild, I will never get that. Outer Wilds. Outer Wilds. The Outer Wild. The Outer Wilds. The Outer Worlds. The Outer Outer Wilds. I know. Outer Wilds is not, is it the, no, it's just Outer Wilds, right? I don't know, dude. Doesn't matter. It's not it, like you could tell me yes, and then I won't remember on the next podcast. But uh, you know, a game that uh, we all at Waypoint, uh, you know, uh, beloved. Austin has an excellent yeah. review up on the site that you should, if you've never read, you should go read for that original uh, game. And then um, Echoes of the Eye, a uh, an expansion that fits in to the base game. So it's not as though you're like launching it separately or experiencing separately. You to to play the expansion, you're starting from the same. Uh, intro the same loop for the main game but just kind of jutting off um to 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 go uh experience uh this spaceship called the stranger that mm-hmm. essentially is like its own little world uh in, inside of that um uh i guess it's before we of, get into spoilers uh yeah. so that we can talk openly i i came out of it thinking it was deeply flawed but uh exceedingly brilliant and well worth playing despite my reservations and i'm i'm curious where where you came down on it yeah, no, similar, similar. I feel like I had less trouble with the with the with thir- certain elements that people have had trouble with. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can get into details once we get into the spoiler section. Um, but I, you know, loved that game. wasn't sure why they thought it needed a DLC. Went in kind of skeptical, just like what could even happen here. But it's like, of course, they made the first game. The people who made that game know what. the they made and uh have added to it in a beautiful way i think like Mm -hmm. if you have any reservations about like but i finished that game and you know what the end of that 
the original game is and you think that there can be no more. Um, I say this is still worth checking out. Like, it doesn't really change that in any way other than to add more side information, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, but it's, like, really, I still think, really touching in the same way that the base game is, you know? Um. All right, well, uh, if if you don't want to be spoiled for Echoes of the Eye, then now is the time to... Slash the, the base game too, I guess. Yeah, I think we're just gonna go full, we'll probably, uh, yeah, full yeah. spoilers for, um, for 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 the entire game, so we can kind of speak openly about where where that fits in. Because yes, like you almost can't talk about the DLC without. If we're gonna be do spoilers, then we're gonna be discussing the implications for <laughs> like the whole <laughs> yeah. world because yes. it it absolutely adds a lot of interesting layers to um what you perceive to be happening in that base game. So uh, for those people who are going to gonna leave, goodbye. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Everyone else wants to stick around. We're going to get into spoilers for Echoes of the Eye right now. Um, yeah, dude, there are... <laughs> I mean, putting, putting aside like the lore stuff, the amount of... There are at least... Well, there's, so when you discover the secret world, right? Yeah. Like, that's a... Oh fuck moment. Yeah. Um that makes you completely re- like reconsider everything that's in front of you. Yep. Um the moment uh you realize that world is virtual <laughs> um is another yeah, fucked me up. Oh, they made the fucking bird matrix over here. They God did. Damn it. <laughs> and then the third of um realizing that when you uh, set the the lamp down and go out of a certain range that you can then <laughs> you just can see, see the, the matrix yeah. was like, Oh my God. So many games um, would kill and, for one of those moments. And yeah. there are multiple like makes you recontextualize everything around you moments in yeah. an expansion to a game <laughs> That already it has kind of, a bunch of those yes. moments. It, 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 they took, they kind of distilled all of the like layered reveals that they did so well in the base game into another like 10 hours of just more of those, that type of knowledge building. Yes. Um, they're just so clever with the way like everything is, everything is there. You're going to find it in a certain order just by virtue of what you know. But when you go back on like, the last loop you once you have all the knowledge you can go straight to do the things right like it's so clever to, and it's like nothing's changed it's mm-hmm. like the, the the rumor map on your ship updated but technically everything is the same as the first time you stepped in there and that's still like such a baffling thing that they've they pulled that off in a 22 minute time loop and it's it works so well each time um i just and like those the subtle ways where like the thing about putting down your lamp in the in the like in the digital world where like that's that space is very dark you have a lamp it is your only light source why mm-hmm. would the player ever want to put it down on for any reason when they there's never scary would. shit no, never I, never I until you to, fucking <laughs> they, they you, if someone you must did. exist you are out yeah. there yeah you, because again this game unlike most video games does not gate a feature behind uh, nope actual yeah. Like noted progress, like like getting to a level, like upgrading, defeating enough Castlevania enemies to collect no, gems and like level up. Like you can, in theory, from the moment you get into this game, 
like begin like visualizing that secret world in its in its matrix uh version which i presume would actually make like parts of the game like significantly easier if you like knew that from from the jump but i have right. to imagine people found it by accident and like oh yeah are absolutely you? what was that experience like when <laughs> you had this revelation uh oh. but then didn't know even know what to do with that information right like imagine discovering that and being like Ah, wow! Like this is like a real. Um, uh, it is happening. They live moment, like yeah, uh, like this. This except then they live. He want. He knows he's supposed to look like this. Is like accidentally you put on. <laughs> what if you accidentally put on sunglasses and found out the world had been invaded by aliens? Like that. I don't know if I'd like that information. Like send, God. delete, delete. Uh, I have to ask. Did you end up? So, one of the things that people complain a lot about in this game is mm-hmm. the stealth mechanics. Yep. Which feels understandable, but I don't know. I part of so the first I I kind of did these in order. There's kind of a semi-natural order mm-hmm. where like we should explain actually. Well I mean if you're listening to this you probably already know what is going yeah. on. But, but just in case yeah, it's where, you yeah, for it's some reason are a weird yeah, spoiler. Yeah. Uh the premise is you're going onto this ship called the Stranger. It is a ring ship where like like a halo, mm-hmm. right? There's very like, halo. Uh, I was playing those games I was playing yeah. these games uh, pretty pretty close to one another. I was like, oops. <laughs> yeah. One has a gun and one doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is basically a river along which there's different kind of zones uh, set aside the river, and at the at the end slash beginning of the river, there's a big old dam. And at a certain point, that dam breaks, and things at those other points change. Um, and there's kind of a natural flow to like where you enter, and then making the whole loop around to back to the dam. And so, once you get to the first area, there is. Uh, in each of these areas, there's an, a place you can enter the bird matrix through a little campfire. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that you have to do is in each of the matrix versions of these areas is find a, a, a specific room that has some information. The The first one, um, or like the first one, if you do them in order, the first one gives you, I think, the information about the placing the lamp down if i'm remembering mm-hmm. correctly after i learned that information number two and three which also had stealth sections where like there were uh birds you know walking around and they could spot you well birds that have, like put, birds that birds that if i remember like the the lore correctly birds that had walked outside of the zone and then lost their mind right or is it their physical bodies die and they're trapped? No, it's a physical. Yes, their physical if bodies die and then they go. Then like the, their copy is is stuck in the digital. Yeah, world. in the digital world because their physical bodies don't exist, which also means that you can't be woken up. That was a whole other. That trick was very fun. The like you had to kill yourself at the end. You had yes. to die on the fire in order to figure out the last puzzle. One of the last puzzles. I did not. I did not um, figure that out on my own. Uh, I read that one, but it was so clever that I, I wasn't even mad. I was like, oh, that's good. That's just, I, I just know that that, oh, that is I, always, that's always the, t- the the tier of puzzle that my brain is not going to put together. So I don't even get sure. mad. It's just like, oh, I'm just impressed game. Uh, that's just yeah. good. You, you got me. <laughs> oh, but it, it was, yeah. No, the one that I had to look up ended up being the final bridge puzzle, the invisible bridge. For some reason, I just didn't think to ever yeah. step outside yep. of the range yep. there. Even yep. though what I was doing 
for the other stealth sections before I had gotten to the point where I was like unlocking the the secret chest at the end. Um, for this, I put down the lamp immediately and walked out, and then you could just see where everyone is mm-hmm. like really easily because it's super fucking bright, and that made the stealth like a million times easier. Like I would have ripped my hair out actually doing that in the dark. Uh, because which is what most people did. Right. This is the thing. It's like, I feel like getting that information in that order helped a lot. Yeah. Um, Because because I think for for most people, they just, they discovered that revelation really late in the game. And where it's most useful is when you have to follow, um, like the, uh, you know, the, the, the creatures, I forget what their names are in, in, in the game. Um, do you, do we learn Is there what their a way are? to learn their language? Side note, d- still irritated about this. Like, I cannot believe that at any point you didn't get a way to read the writing. Like, that was like one That's of the coolest. True, though? Okay. Huh? Yeah. I mean, okay. I-, I didn't. Did you? I didn't. E- I didn't either. This is what I was asking. I was wondering. No, if I'm pretty there sure I read that as a complaint. It was it. like, no, I-, I just think that's just not in there, and I found that to be. I think that's really frustrating. I, I, I think that's funny. Because the only reason the Harthians have deciphered Nomai is because it's the thing that exists in the solar system and they've sent multiple people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To yeah. bring stuff. Like, it makes... It's a funny thing because it keeps pulling it out. And I'm like, get away. I don't need... Yeah, like, I can't <laughs> fucking... I turned off the thing because there's a... Yeah, there's a setting in the... There's, in the settings you can turn on automatically equip when you're looking at alien... Right, uh, right. ...thing. And it's like... I turned that off because it's like, oh, I don't, we don't, I'm never going to figure this out probably. Um, I would be curious if there is some secret way where you, I, they, I, you have I to, have to it, imagine that it's not gibberish. I have to imagine. No, no, that. I, I'm, it's definitely, I believe that it is real language. And I just think that it's very funny that the Harthian translator just doesn't know what to do with it. Cause they've never, like, this is the first time anyone knows that these right. aliens have been in the solar system. Oh, I guess, I, I guess my, my thought was I, I, w- I wonder if there is a way for people to reverse engineer it. Like, I wonder if there's enough right, information right. in the DLC for people to figure out what that stuff um, totally. has to say. I mean, they, I mean, they basically as even though it doesn't have what the base game used as a uh, a way of communicating a lot of its narrative. I mean, it just comes up with a different one, right? Like, it's yeah. just like you these reels that you find are just the game's nonverbal version of the same exact thing is like he, yeah. how do we how do we give you some out of context like uh, uh clues also, about what's happening shout outs to slide reels uh, <laughs> i don't know how many episodes ago that was where i was like my most useless That's object true. in my room right now is this slide projector that was the holiday <laughs> like, that was the holiday mailbag i think when yeah. uh, people people asked that look they're useful for passing on information <laughs> They're useful <laughs> to uh, create propaganda machines uh, oh around God. your uh, society that has devolved into a cult um, and then <laughs> um, completely lost their minds. Oh, uh, so, uh, that- yeah. Uh, so I, I, I do think people like you having that information for the stealth section. Oh, yeah. The, the point I was, I was making before, before I got distracted by the language stuff was it that sequence where um, – you're following like a series of the yeah. creatures uh, go into um, was like a church or something. And then you have to wait yeah. for the water to come through and sweep them away so that you can 
uh, walk through the fireplace. And so yeah, like, yeah. I think for most people, that's like their first application of that. Cause that seems like how the game would, it's like they want, it's like, it's a completely dark area. That's hard to navigate. Walking away would give you a clear understanding of how to follow that stuff. But if you knew all that stuff, yeah, of course that would make earlier sections a lot um, easier or more manageable, but there's also a reason why they put in a toggle in the settings um, to like make those sections less frustrating because I, I don't think that's right. how most people went through them. And, e- and even with the toggle, uh, I'm glad that I mostly navigated them on my first try because I was just, I, I love, I love horror games. I love them spooked. I, you know, but I don't like doing mm-hmm. that on a time limit and having to get back to this spot again, just that, that was not what I was looking forward to. And so that's where the irritation right. came from. And I just tried to, so for those sections in particular, I almost I always had a guide open where it's like, I'll do the thing up until the point where I don't know what to do. <laughs> but then I'm going to look up what to do so that I can just get to the next bit. Yeah. Uh, that. So I, I didn't end up having as much frustration as I've seen people have with that. And the and the I could see how if you're trying to get something, but you're not. Sh- the This. This game has kind of like two modes that it's in in this DLC. It's like one is exploratory. You're safe. Nothing's coming to get you. The only real danger is falling from a large, <laughs> a tall height. And then there is these moments where the birds are wandering around in the Matrix uh, simulation world, and they will catch you and send you back to the. To the bonfire, which is funny. <laughs> um, well, and, and it's it's the only time that occurs in this entire game, right? Like having end. Right. Them, I mean, there are things that can hurt you in in this game. You can yeah, you can take fall fish. damage. You can run out of oxygen. You can run out of fuel. You can uh, uh, when you go to what dark bramble, you know, like there yeah. are those creepy, you know. Uh, Fish, anglerfish, anglerfish, yeah. space enemy. Like so, there's yeah. there is some of that stuff, but this is the most explicit the game gets. In like, no, there is an enemy that is <laughs> that is hunting you, um, yeah. and wants you to leave. Um, which I I think also that has contributed to some people bouncing off. It's like just tonally, it's like that's not what I thought I was here for. Like I, you know, Outer Wilds has is can be creepy, but it is not scary, and like. This was, you know, way more in the, um, I mean, I, one of my favorite moments in the game is when uh, you first, one of the first times that I made it to the other side, to the Matrix world, um, and you hear the them the th- walking, fucking the footsteps, God. So, for, if, yeah. you know, for people who haven't played it, like, there's this, there's this, essentially, like, all of the in a certain section, all these like zombified or whatever, you know, like disconnected versions of these creatures, um, they're all on the top floor and there's no way for you to access that top floor, but you can get to the floor underneath. And so, and you spend quite a bit of time like going back and forth and exploring and putting together the layout and kind of figuring out what you should would do in this area. And you just hear like, <laughs> yep. Ah, fuck. I don't like this at all. I thought that was incredibly effective. Yeah. And did you notice the the elevator plates? Yes. It's um, just like all these places were like, oh, eventually there'll be an elevator here. 
That's probably yeah. Don't like then. that. I, I was, you know, I kept thinking, oh, are they on some sort of movement path that's going to yeah. bring them down to where I am? So I constantly find it was like it was a really effective way of 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 scaring the player by not doing anything at all. Like it's it's yeah. Um, it's all atmosphere and it's all the player's imagination doing the hard work for the designer. In which I don't know. I don't know what the capabilities are. I don't even know what's up there. At that point, you don't even know that it is like detached bird people. <laughs> uh, like it could be anything up there. Like all yeah. you know is you can hear the footsteps and they seem loud and they seem creepy and they're not that far away. And you start trying to fill in the blanks on like what they are capable of. And eventually that starts to wear off when like I've come through for the eighth time and I've never run into anything. Like, okay, there's clearly going to be a moment when shit hits the fan and I, I can, I can like not worry about what's yeah. happening here as much. But then of course that moment when it does hit the fan where you trigger like all the elevators, like going on and, the elevators, like, yep, and you, you see them, them going down. I'm like, Oh, 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 oh no. I don't like any of this. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I can, I can absolutely the one, see certain people that, looking at that moment and going like, I'm done. Like this is yeah, not the game I signed up I'm for. Out. That one in particular, that one with all the elevators where, like, all of a sudden there's, like, three or four of them in that area, I guess. I think it's, like, three. Mm -hmm. Um, Is the one that I use the lantern trick the most on. Mm -hmm. Like, I just walked around in full. And, like, that's also I one of the ways I figured out what their radius is. Ah. It's actually super small unless you focus your light. They only find you at a distance if you focus your light and then they like walk to your last known but basically if you consider like that lamp yeah that like lantern area around you when you're not focusing your lamp that's kind of their exact like area of effect that's what i I wondered if some people ran into issues where like i i picked up on that pretty fast because i've played a lot of games like this and i played a lot of horror games like i have a pretty foundational understanding of like how the AI patterns usually work in games like this. And I, so I like you picked up even without the, the, the trick, like picked up pretty fast. I was like, Oh, like just, you know, keep the lantern up really bright. And then as soon as you see someone like turn that shit off and like move three steps to the left <laughs> and you'll be, you'll, you'll probably be okay. Um, right, right. Again, I don't know how much that changes when you don't have the, the, the switch, like the option they have in the menu. Um, uh, I I genuinely don't even know what that changes in the game. Like, I guess I can look yeah. it up, but I I know it's there to to like reduce frustration. Um, right. And I did. I I can't remember the language, especially. But like, there is some language in there that's like, you know, we did design the game the other way. I guess you can turn this on. And I was like, that's not like what? fuck off, man. Like, you know, I Rude. I can feel that that's like a designer. Uh, you, you know, well, I guess all, I guess these people don't like how we designed it. I guess we'll put this option in here, but this is the way we designed it. And so, well, come on, man. I just let people make the switch and don't yeah. make me feel bad yeah. while, while I do it. Um, but it is there. Um, and uh, I flipped that on like the first time after I got caught and was just like, I don't want it. Well, I don't want to do that again. Um, and then I don't know if it was that I just better understood the layout and how to avoid them or if it was the option that I changed, but I, I never got caught after after that um it was able wonder, to yeah i wonder what that does i guess i could just look um <laughs> so just speculating i like how they did a similar uh bait and switch with this dlc as they did with kind of the base game mm-hmm. where when you start at least i had this thought 
um, and I'm sure a lot of uh, a, a, a few other people probably did as well. Where when the Nova Supernova loop starts, part of me was like, "I'm gonna figure out what's causing the supernova and stop it." Like that is mm-hmm. that is the point. And so when I entered this <laughs> a stranger, I had a similar moment of like, "Oh, I guess at some point I'll figure out how to stop that dam from uh, overflowing." Um, and it is absolutely not. And it's just I just thought that was a very funny moment of like, "Oh." Remember when we did this the first time? <laughs> Turns out, same people made this this one again. They have similar tricks, but okay, okay. Um, this is, I think this, the, is, this is this, I found out this is like really interesting. So this is from huh. uh, on the Outer Wilds uh, Reddit from uh, its Crossboy um, explaining exactly what happens. And so <clears throat> uh, they write in the DLC. There are stealth sections. Alien creatures patrol certain areas that you need to sneak by. Normally, if they see you. Uh, they will turn on uh, their lights to get a better look at you, creep up slowly, then charge you with a scary sound effect very quickly. Spooky music starts playing, and you get killed. Uh, with this setting on, the it's called reduced frights is the option, uh, they will no longer turn on their lights. That means they will only see you if you have your light on. Secondly, they will no longer charge you. Instead, mm. they walk very slowly towards you. It's quite easy to avoid them like this. Finally, if they do catch you, no scary music and no creepy sound effects will play. They still kill you, but the animation leading into it is much more gentle and not scary at all. The, quote, killing animation is just them blowing out a candle you're holding. Um, and uh, so that actually explained me when I said, well, I never got caught Wait. the second time. What? That's the, is that not the regular animation? Anime? I think the blowing up the candle happens no matter what. So I, Okay, I, I that's think, what I think. I think, okay. they might, I think they might be they just might... wrong there. Um, right. But... I think that might explain when I said, like, well, then, you know, second time through, I just, you know, never got caught. Was, well, yeah, because they, <laughs> all these things, right. you know, pr- prevented that from happening. But, but right. I, but I, I enjoyed it. Like, I, I, I still found these sections like tense and spooky and I, I got some of what they were going for out of it, but it, it didn't lead into frustration. And so, like, like in terms of me mm-hmm. getting what I wanted out of the game relative to what the designers, artists, and programmers are going for, like, I found a happier balance there right. with that option turned on yeah because it does it, it sounds like it doesn't change that much just how easy it is to get caught yeah, it's, just, so. it's just an easy mode for stealth is, is basically yeah and and they you know they, they still kill you right like i think it'd be you know they could have made it so that uh i don't know they just like they can't they just like there's things that stalk the area but they don't actually manifestly uh impact you but they but they kept that in so right um uh, um, I found uh, I found it really interesting what they decided to kind of focus on for the mm-hmm. sort of narrative beats of this and the idea of like information, you know, passing on information and mm-hmm. the way that kind of ties in with the original ending. I thought was really interesting. What, what what did you think about like what the what these aliens were like? What they're like? Um, <sighs> Point, not not point, uh, but like goal up, was right. Well, it's like the whole setup for them is like incredibly sad. Like you get to right. see, like they essentially have cursed knowledge for like what is going right. Like it's, it's like they, you know, I'm trying to remember like the the different uh uh you know uh things that you see. Like they essentially, what like see that the object is there. Like they know that doom is coming. Right. Like isn't that like. And they, they build the stranger in order to, like, capture the energy um, and are able to sort of, like, delay the inevitable until right. the the presence of the um, 
what is it, what do they call that in the original? The anomaly or whatever. Um, uh, yeah, they like they like sense the the eye, which is yep. also what the noma what the nomai sense that brings them to this solar system where the eye is like closest to. And then yeah, they try to they understand that the eye is there to reset the universe essentially, right? Like mm-hmm. they understand it as an end and decide to try to stave it off. Fair. Um and they do with, they do so by like mining yeah. mining the the like the planet that they live on, yes. turning turning that into the stranger, uh building this halo, uh and then and then being sad that they no longer have their beautiful home planet and so their yep. solution to that is to build a virtual one yeah. uh uh that they that they go into and like well we'll just live out our days in virtual reality uh while the world keeps on keeps on going it's like a really like they won but then like is one of the, you know at what cost uh yeah uh like a really sad situation and then and then also throughout you're trying to figure out They've hidden something, right? They've mm-hmm. hidden something, and they've hidden it super well. They've locked it up, uh, and it's like, what? What could it be? Like, what is in there? That- yeah, what could be so fucking like? And they lock it up in this Dark Souls ass looking yeah. ritual. Yeah, I was gonna say Destiny. It has like these Destiny sure. hive chains. Like if 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 you've played Destiny and you know like the chains with hive runes on them that lock doors a bunch of times in that game, it's almost exactly that. Um, they I mean, do it's these like, it's, rituals to lock it up. You don't want to open this thing. Everything, no. everything about this, the structure is part screaming. of me was like, should I even? Should I? I guess it's the only thing left to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, my my feeling like halfway through the stranger was like, oh, the missing piece of information from the story in Outer Wilds is like, I'm responsible for everything. Turns out, when I came to the stranger, I released a, some sort of cosmic <laughs> demon. Galactus emerged from. Uh, uh, his cage and then you know ate everything uh yeah they they really go out of your way i mean it's part of the the broader like horror undertones not o- undertones overtones of the of the entire dlc and like and that thing is just staring at you the entire time i mean like there it starts yeah. out with you uh you know you know there's a structure that is underwater. Like it's not even like above ground. They put that shit underwater. Like, yeah. no, like get Damn down there. Enter. And you know, even when you get inside and like go up the stairs and like, it's like locked away in a different thing. And it's, it's just, you know, it's horrifying. Um, makes you not want to open it. Um, but then of course, like the resolution to all that is, you know, a tragedy in and of it, of itself. I was trying to figure out, hmm. uh, correct me if I, if I'm if I'm wrong on, on how this plays out, but basically if I remember from the, the, the way, you know, when you see the, uh, the slides on this, um, they, there's one person like p- part of this, you know, this, this, the species that, uh, like wakes up or like takes themselves out of the virtual reality, um, t- turns off the device that is, uh, ke- like keeping the eye under control, uh, mm they are then cornered by everybody else in, in their society and then locked away into this because everyone else wants to go back to being hooked on um, the matrix yeah. and, yes. and moving forward. And then is, is the stranger uh, hit by like, is, is that a, is that a consequence of this, th- this one person deciding to turn off the safety protections or was that going to happen regardless? 
it feels a little bit like that the 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 bits of the stranger that are breaking at this point mm-hmm. are it's because there's no one left alive right right they stayed in too long right, right? and this is kind of where i my reading of of the sort of situation goes on is like they decided basically this species has decided that the end of the universe which they can see happening but from my reading of the original ending of the game is part of the natural progression of the the way the universe works right it's it's about a, a cycle of renewal death and creation like the original uh uh outer wilds kind of lets you in on the moment of creating the next version of the universe as mm-hmm. a kind of to kind of like you know like it's okay things end like people die new people are born things go on in cycles but you have to let things end for there to be something new this one was the idea of a society who decided but we don't want things to end right mm-hmm. we're going to make the bird matrix because we uh also don't want to die we figure out that we can just stick our brains in there and live forever um and they stay in there and then there's no one to upkeep the ship and just through like you know there's random shit in space things start to break down eventually this would have happened anyways because the supernova that goes off in Outer Wilds is a separate event from going right. to the eye of the universe and restart and like well be, because the new universe. The implication of the of the story in uh, Echoes of the Eye is that uh, like the Nomai go off and they they stumble upon the eye and all these events completely separately from like this other species and yeah. uh, like actually overlap. And have like consequences for one another because of their like independent yeah. uh, events. Um, because the the stranger is invisible, like it's 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 hiding in in plain sight. But it was you know it's not like anyone was aware that this thing was even floating around or or was you know was a tool intended for a certain use. No, yeah. And the way that the DLC plays out is like this is the stranger is almost like an expanded version of the quantum moon from the original mm-hmm. game. Yeah, where it was like something that if you're just trying to explore as much as possible, you will end up seeing, but is technically optional in the way, in the like progression of the game. You don't ever actually need to go to the quantum moon and meet the one Nomai that's left there. Mm -hmm. Like you can finish the game without ever seeing them. Um, It's better when you do meet them because it's really cool to talk to them and like have this exchange. um, And it makes the end like they're they're there at the ending as well, which is really like beautiful and touching. And apparently, this is what this the stranger does too. Yeah. At the end, the prisoner um, is there also and uh, is helping to make the new universe. Um, But yeah, it's just like it, it feels like. It they like slid it in so naturally. Where like someone playing this for the first time. Um, like it's gonna be really fun to hear about people randomly running into this invisible ship in the middle of uh nowhere because it is just like there. It is there. You can just run into it on accident, probably if you're going somewhere mm-hmm. else. Although it seems like the, the path of it is a little bit like less likely to happen if you're just exploring the rest of the the solar system. But um, yeah, yeah. In the end, the prisoner, yeah, the prisoner is the one who turns off the thing because. The idea like, this shit's fucked up, that, guys. Don't I yeah, don't know? Like, I don't think we should be doing that. I think this like, is we're fucking with. Bad. Uh, yeah, we're fucking with uh, nature in a way that 
no one should really be fucking with nature. Like we're off. Yeah. Putting off a natural. What's the word I'm looking for? Not system, but you know, process. Also, uh, you know, <laughs> if you had this information, there's other people out there. You could have told them, you know, you could, this could have been a community effort, you know, but why, you know, as, <laughs> as like a, you know, the galaxy could have decided together, you know, what, what should we do about this problem? Instead, you cocooned yourself off in this, I guess we don't have a sense of the time scale, or like, I don't know when, like, how long well, have they been floating out there? Uh, uh, in Hundreds theory, of years? No, more, because they, they, he, they arrive before the Namai. They do right. the whole thing before the Namai, and then the after the Namai, after the the um the prisoner unlocks the eye, that's when the Nomai hear the signal. Mm. Is that second time? Right. Um, right. Also, quick note: there were four solar systems that they showed. I don't think they're gonna do another DLC, but. <laughs> <laughs> for a second there I really thought they were implying that they might because mm. uh unless I missed some p- piece of lore that would explain this but there was a no like when they show the like eye emanating these rays there's four solar systems one is the Harthian solar system one is the Nomai solar system and one is the strangers I don't think we ever get like a, a species name for them, do we? Well, no, because we don't get any text uh, related. We don't get any to text. Them. No, yeah. But and then there was a fourth one in like the upper left corner that also had planets and st- stuff. And mm. It's like that feels a little mm. too detailed to just be background. Like, and there's other planets in the universe that heard the signal. Um, I don't. They haven't said I'd be, anything I'd be, about I'd more be DLC. I, I would be shocked. Yeah. I, like th- th- this game. It has one of the all-time perfect endings. Um, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm genuinely shocked that they managed to add such uh, layers of complexity to the existing already perfect story in a way that <laughs> makes it more interesting, but also is not, it's not so frequently when you do expansions that are going to like add to the lore, it's like time to answer questions that we didn't right. answer before. And like, none of no. that happens here. Like none of these were questions that people were asking. Cause you, no. cause you didn't know that to ask the question in the first place. You didn't know it happened. It doesn't matter. It's not, it's not, about and it's irrelevant. Plot. It's irrelevant. Like it's, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, 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 it's incredibly relevant, you know, like in the, right. in the sense that like it, it has an impact and like, like is responsible, you know, for certain things occurring along the timeline we've already experienced, but it's not one of those it's just a beautiful little story that yeah. Um, it's another. It, it enriches it, what we already know, but yeah. is not required. Like you could, you know, if all it's, you wanted to do was play the original game and not even fuck with a stranger, like you're still getting a beautiful game, and you'll have missed out on. You know, I'm not saying nothing. I'm not saying like this isn't important, but I, but I mean, like it's a complete. They are complete experiences that 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 work in tandem, but are not required um, as a whole. It's like my favorite type of like Star Wars side story. It's like, mm-hmm. it, this does not matter to the quote unquote plot of what happens. It is telling you something new about the universe. It's like, oh, this is how this other completely unrelated to these first two species, this is the third species, how their society reacted to the knowledge of the, the eye of the universe existing and what was going to happen eventually with the eye of the universe right it's like when faced with the ultimate 
like end of everything, what what will what what did that society do? Curse right? the knowledge my, is, is my is my uh, right. uh, feeling on that. How about I don't know um, I don't, because I right. feel like knowing is almost always going to lead you towards making disastrous right. decisions. This is definitely what that's, happens that's, that's, here. That's, yeah. that's just not human nature. That's that's just nature. It's not that's alien nature. Whatever right. you, how you want to describe it, like like you know, it is natural to want to continue to exist. That is, that is, um, you know, that arouses a story about essentially grappling with the existential, you know, uh, you know, crisis of like, we don't know if there's an after and it's like, okay, well, um, what does it mean if the after is not you existing after, but it is other things existing after, like, how do you reconcile your place in that? And I I think it was really interesting because, uh, outer wilds as a, even though no my like it's all like chill and positive, baby. Like it's totally. just like it's like it's totally. it's generally people being either ignorant to the point of not knowing their place in all of this, or even once knowing, generally accepting of what comes next. And I thought this adds a really interesting wrinkle right. to uh the, the you, variety you of reactions. Because of course there'd be yeah. people who'd be like, fuck be, that. Well, that's kind of like it's even originally a lot of player's initial reaction is like how do we stop the end right well that, yeah whole, that this is how video games up, the straight the stranger exactly. is in a different video game we yep. build the stranger <laughs> and we bottle it up and then there's a post credit scene that shows the metal cracking and it's like oh no we're gonna lose control of the eye see you in outer wilds too <laughs> oh god but no it's 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 great and i'm I'm like this close to I I'm holding up my fingers, but you can't see because my camera's not up. Um, to like just playing that game through again to see the prisoner at the end and mm. say hello. I looked up a YouTube to, video to rob enough. me of my interest yeah. in that. Yeah. Um, because uh, I thought about it too, but then <laughs> I also remembered how many times I fucked up the run in Dark Bramble. Um, right, and I, was, I don't want to I don't want to do that again. Well, I would um, I would want to go see uh. Solanum, I forget their their name. The mm-hmm. the, the last Nomai, and then and then make a final run so that everyone's there at the end. Well, yeah. Do you have to find? Do you have to actually talk to every all the Harthians to get them sh- to show up? I think so. Okay, I would. Yeah, that's fine. I'd I'd go say hi to everyone first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that game is just it's so good. It's so good. Um, yeah. And I'm glad that this DLC ended up like just fitting right in and just feeling not i mean it's not necessary but almost like so natural an addition really to to what they had with the base game yeah agreed makes me uh very excited to see what what that team does yeah. next. oh um, god yeah <laughs> i guess i would say i hope it's not a sequel to outer wilds but i also would have said i don't need a dlc to outer Wilds. so right Right. Whatever that team wants to do, you know, slap a two on that bad boy and send me back to the eye. You know, I, I trust you have a good reason to take me there. Um, wow. And that is going to take us to the end of this podcast. Uh, that's a wrap on today's episode of Waypoint Radio. If you want more from Waypoint, you can follow us on Twitter at Waypoint. Follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Waypoint uh, Vice. Um, you can follow. Oh, no. What? what, what oh, you. It's I'm trying to see. I, I don't look at this document all the time, so I'm trying to uh-huh. jump to where the things that Rob needs me to read. Like our theme music is by Bowen. The track is "Miss You" off the EP "Pale Machine." 
Learn more at waypoint.zone slash Bowen. Um, I don't have it here, B-O-E-N. but um, <laughs> shout outs to Tumelo for the baller. Kato, you're going to have to add it to uh, your yeah. repertoire. Yes, I um, yeah, I'll grab that. Of, uh, t- yeah, Tumelo did. He he did what I, I guess I need to realize more often than when I put a call into the world that I can, I can manifest <laughs> it. Um, but on the last podcast, Rob did one of his another one of his famous like well no, here's another fucking old ass video game that I started playing for no real rational reason um and I want <laughs> I wanted there to be a moment uh, where we got to guess what that is and I wanted some right. music to go with it and um uh Tumelo uh, delivered so uh you go check out their uh Twitter account um or or if you uh pull up mine um you'll be able to see a retweet of that it's uh delightful so um good old rob no pegs acne 100 <laughs> segment what's a segment love it um you can follow me at patrick clubbeck where can people follow you kato at a underscore kato underscore appears uh this week um we uh we're doing a part two part final of uh Kato and Rob playing uh, High Fleet, High Fleet uh, on Twitch on Tuesday. Uh, on Wednesday, we will have the episode of Manhunting with GFW Radio's Jeff Green. Um, also, my uh, canonical father, uh, Jeff Green, uh, <laughs> talking about uh, it's before your time, Kato, but super fans will they'll know what that means. Wow. Um, uh, talking about uh, Michael Mann's uh, TV, TV series, right? Crime Story is a TV series. Yes. I think I have yes. that right. Um, that'll, uh, that'll come out on Wednesday, uh, on Thursday, we'll be doing another uh, episode of Waypoint Radio in which, uh, I think Kato will be able to talk about, uh, a game he was looking forward to. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say what that game is, but feel free I to mean, d- yeah, if, crack the code, I, code busters. If you can solve the, it's not that hard. Outer Wilds I mean, DLC, you can solve that one. Look, Kato, I got ca- an email ca- today. Put games that Kato wants to play that are coming out. On the at the end of the week, Kato, I got an <laughs> email this weekend from a PR person uh, uh-huh. attached to a code that said like part of the requirements was no defamation. And I was like, do you <laughs> do you know what? That I, in general, word? as part of my job, I tried to avoid defaming people or right anyone. anything. That's yeah. from what I understood a legal problem. I don't do that. Yeah. I need that attached to my. Switch code that I was. This, this is not an Nintendo. Did not say this. I'm not going to call out the company that did it. I, I think it might have been a. That's I think it might have been sort though. of like a language barrier thing in which like. Okay. But they did. Sure. They wrote defamation. I was. It, that means a very truly, specific thing. It does. It does. It does. It does. It made me laugh though. Uh-huh. Um. Uh. Please no. Def- they, I was like, uh, don't uh, no defamation. Uh, honest reviews welcome. I was like, "What is that a what? threat? Is- what is this <laughs> oh, uh, And then on Friday, uh, Kato and I, or uh, I mean, I'm gonna get Robin to this. I don't know who. I don't know how many people He's I have rope to watch. <laughs> oh no, yeah, Rob's gone. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Rob found out that uh, Patrick's gonna stream Kingsfield for uh, yeah. What's the subtitle for that? The Ancient yeah. City. Um, in the ramp up to uh, Elden Ring, we're gonna spend the next month or so playing some old ass from software some from software ass from from software before people 
gotta, I gotta see if I can find a copy because I, I want to plug in my fucking PS2. I have one still. This is, feel... this is my time. <laughs> yeah, you, your time has arrived. Kingsfield Ford, <laughs> the ancient city, or is it actually ancient city? Kingsfield Ford. Yeah, the ancient city. Why else um, did I keep that thing if not for this moment? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're going to check that out. This isn't going to be like a proper 101 we actually have a plan in place for the future of waypoint 101s which are not going away but we have like a really fun people have uh i've I've teased us doing a powerpoint presentation as they stream that idea is still around it's been pushed off a couple of weeks for um some very good reasons that'll make sense later um but we we have a plan for like the next six months or so of waypoint 101s that'll be a lot of fun for you and for us so stay tuned for that but in the meantime we will you can watch me die a lot in a first person uh kingsfield game so uh look for that on friday that's gonna do it for us but capitalism go home When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. There was, um, actually, one second. Can we do a quick clap? I think my thing is acting up. Sure. 28? Sure. Oh, mine fucking skipped. Hold on. (laughs) Oh, no. What is it doing? Okay. All right. Uh, 40. Are you good? Did you clap? I did. I don't think my track got it. Oh, oh, now my computer is being extra weird. Okay. Well, I got my clap at least on my end. I wanted to see if there was a way to. Do you want to do it one tell. more time? I can try and clap louder. Wait, clap once? Is it just going to say something? Ah. Okay, wait. Say ah at. <laughs> Okay. Hold on. All right, that's fine. I can do this. Say uh at well, okay, now it's skipping. <laughs> uh I'm so glad I don't have to work off this laptop normally. Okay. Say uh at uh 45. Okay. Ah. Uh... Great. Let's see what that looks like on these tracks. Okay. Okay, the delay isn't too weird. This this thing is struggling, the so computer. like it the yeah. the waveforms are appearing a few seconds behind, and I was worried that we were desynced also, even though I'm recording both tracks at the same time. Mm-hmm. But it looks like it's only off by like a half second. Okay. This will be fun to figure out later. <laughs> <laughs> um. Hey. Okay.
backtrack and back up our running. Uh-oh. Hello? Okay, no, you're still there. Great. I just can't tell because I can't see y'all. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Whether or not something has gone horribly wrong or if it's just like a, a pregnant silence. Okay. This is running. Y'all can clap. I'm going to go make myself some food. I'll be right back. All right, sounds good. Uh, For, clap uh, on oh, hold top on of a minute. My, hold yep. on, my, my mic is awfully loud. Uh, yeah for uh an embarrassingly long amount of time i could not remember what the website we use is to clap on and so i'm just sitting into my google search bar typing like clock website um, count um <laughs> like waiting for it to come to me you know it's like because i refused to to ask for help i was like i'm not gonna i like no I, this is i'm gonna i'm gonna sit here and be embarrassed until i remember time that is uh but i got it so all right whenever all right uh let's go on 35 all right